Bad snap. Bobble oh. scoops oh. up. Here come the Spartans. Touchdown, MSU. From WDBM East Lansing, you're listening to the Green and White Report, a production from Impact Sports. This is your source for sports news, debates, and more for Michigan State, Detroit, and the rest of the sports world. Michigan State. Good morning, everybody. East Lansing, how's everybody doing? Wow. Beautiful the, weekend we're having here. That was the intro that we've been dreaming about since Greenville, South You know, Carolina. we've been trying to do that for a while. I also was going to ham it up a little more, but I can't completely rip off Mad Dog. That's not fair. No, that's true. We were listening to him on Friday. Yeah. Anyways, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome in. Uh, we are back for the first week since Easter, so hope everyone had a good holiday. But we are back here in full force. We have a packed studio today. I am Luke Sloan. Trent Valley is what's directly up? to my left, which is different. It that's, is different. I think that's the first time you've debuted in that seat. Well, we only have a couple shows left, so I'm trying to get the feel for, you know, all these seats. We have Matt Merrifield here. Good morning, Matt. How's everybody doing? We have Henry Menegos and Jay DeCosta who are behind the glass navigating some headset quandaries right now, it appears. It looks like it's been solved. Thumbs up. Henry thrown a yes, piece thumbs sign. up. We're good. Yeah. Allie Cohen is here. This is her debut on the show. Hello, AC, DC. How you doing? I am good. Allie was at the Tigers game yesterday. Marin Klein is also here. She is, uh, this is also her debut on the show. Good this is pretty, the Impact Twins. This is yeah, the Impact Twins, as dubbed by Susie Merchant. This has been a pretty big weekend for the WDBM crew here on the Green and White Report. We, everyone, I mean, I mean everyone, went to the Lansing Lugnuts game on Thursday. Oh, it was a really good time, Trent. What a time to be alive! It there, was on Thursday. The Lansing Lugnuts beat the Fort Wayne Tin Caps by a final score of two to nothing, Henry, and it was an absolute thriller. And let's go Lugnuts! Oh, go nuts! We saw a bomb. Yeah, we saw a two-run home run in the, like, second inning, I think, Matt. And then from nothing there, else. nothing happened. There's no crying in baseball! It was a defensive clinic. at the. Uh, <laughs> it was at, also at, a two-hour game, which stunk. That was terrible. Yeah. The pitch clock is is out. In my out opinion. on that. But we had a great time, so shout-out to all the beautiful people we work with. Everybody was here. It was, a, it was an all-in effort. And then yesterday and Friday, we ventured down to beautiful downtown Detroit to Comerica Park to watch... Miguel Cabrera tried to get 3,000. Friday, we were turned away. Thank you, Mother Nature, for that, even though they definitely could have gotten at least five innings of that game in because we gave Mr. Jay DeCoster, who was also here today, his official tour of downtown Detroit, and he, spoiler alert, loved it. So that was glad. That was very good to hear. But we went back yesterday. Uh, as Ernie Banks says, let's play two, and we watched two, and we saw 3,000 in the first inning yesterday. We had a very large WDBM contingent there, including myself, Trent, you, your family, including Miles, who's been on this program before, Mr. Matt Merrifield, and Mr. Mike Merrifield, and Mrs. Jody Merrifield, as well as Jay. He was there, too. Allie was there, along with the, the Cohen family. Aiden Champion was there. We had a, a very... We had a rowdy crew, Trent. It was a good time. Yeah, we basically owned Comerica yesterday. And, hey, it was amazing. I know everyone wants to talk about the Miggy thing, so we'll get to it. But for him to be able to do that in the first inning and everyone can, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of just let loose for the rest of the day, it was amazing. We Yes, Matt. Oh, I just need to give a special shout-out to Carol and Steve. From Kalamazoo, Michigan. Oh, yeah, that's right. Our I friends have... from Kalamazoo that were yes. sitting with us at, can I say the name? Yeah, we were at the Elwood across the street from Comerica yes. yesterday. Great place. They were very good, very nice people. They shared a table with us. 
shout out to them for listening this morning because they said they would. We made a lot of friends yesterday. It was it was a very good day. We we got a lot of sun. A number of us are a little bit sunburned, including myself. Jay and I are lobsters. I, I Jay Jay is my lobster brother, but Jay is suffering more than I am. I'm not gonna play the what was me card. I, I my shoulders got pretty bad, but Jay is literally pink. Matt Merrifield is trying to play this one off a little bit, but he is also sunburned. Matt, I'm sorry, but you are sunburned. And it, it's another beautiful day today in East Lansing. Absolutely gorgeous outside. And me and you and Jay are playing in a pickup basketball tournament after this in the hot sun. And as Allie and everyone here can attest to, I was begging you to put on some sunscreen before said pickup basketball tournament and let it be known that I'm going to force you to do that after this radio program. So be prepared for that. But nevertheless, it's a beautiful day here in East Lansing. It was a gorgeous day yesterday, Henry. It looked like everybody was getting after it pretty well. Yeah, you know, it's just a it's a routine at this point. Did uh, did Nick, friend of the program, I'm sure he had a very good Saturday. We uh, we caught a lot of sun, and um, you know, just gotta get ready for finals week now approaching. Not to bring that up. Oh no, are you sunburned too? Uh, I got yeah, I got a little little color going on. I think. You and I a little color going on, says Hank. <laughs> you Love and it. I, I don't know if you remember this, Henry, but you're the summer after your freshman year. We went to Lake Michigan, and How you got I forget. You got absolutely burned on that trip. You <laughs> were a lobster on brand. We you did not apply sunscreen, which <laughs> you, if your parents are listening, which I know they are, they probably were not happy about that. Yeah, well, you know, it's all about toughening up your own uh, system, right? So I was like uh, building up my immunity to the sun. Speaking of that, okay, Dwight Schrute. Yeah. yeah, is there science in there? It's got to be some. I don't know. <laughs> so we were able to witness history yesterday. Not Henry because he was here in East Lansing, even though we begged him to please come to the game with us. Also, Marin, we begged her to please come to the game with us. She also did not oblige. But for the rest of us who did go to the game, Miguel Cabrera did not take that long to make history. It was the bottom of the first inning. He was hitting third, and of course, classic Miguel Cabrera turns a fastball around past the second baseman for number 3,000. Allie had just gotten there in time to watch it in the upper deck, so that was very fortunate timing. But Trent, he did not wait long for history. We were hoping we'd see it yesterday, and it did not disappoint. It was a, a very special moment and, and one that I may have shed tears over. Yeah, and it was just it, it was it was a really cool thing, Sloan. And I, I when I do the Motown rundown later this week, I want to talk to those guys about how many of Miggy's hits do you think you saw? Because I mean, I, I guess the reason I bring that up is he's just been such a huge part of our childhood, such a huge part of every summer growing up watching Miguel Cabrera and just, you know, having the tires on and and, and we almost take it for granted. I know that we try not to and we say we don't, but sometimes I think we we we're numb to how great he is. There were people lined up around the fence yesterday by the Miggy Milestone counter to try to get pictures of, you know, 2,999 because it was the last time there was going to be a two in that first little slot right there. And uh, so that was just – it was amazing. Obviously, the atmosphere was great. People don't want to hear me talk about that. Miguel Cabrera, hats off to you. We love you. On behalf of the Green and White Report, congratulations. The greatest hitter to ever do it, in my opinion. Hey, it felt like old times yesterday. It was 38,000 for the first game. It was the biggest – non-opening day crowd since 2017 at Comerica Park. It felt like the good old days when they were winning American League championships and winning division crown year after year after year. They're 6-8 they're and eight now on the season. They split the doubleheader yesterday with Colorado, but we did get to see that special moment. We were in the ninth inning. We may have snuck down in some seats that were not ours. They were great seats, nevertheless. But, hey, Austin Meadows tried to get the Tigers back in game two. 
did not sew, but hey, so we were still excited. Matt was wearing a, a great rally cap. But your question is really interesting, Trent, of how many of Miguel Cabrera's hits that you've seen. And it's definitely a thousand. Yeah, I was going to say maybe, a third of them, at least. Maybe 1,500, because I really started following the team religiously in probably 2011, 2012. Yes. So it might be 1,500 for me because he got 2,000 in, in August of 2014, I believe. So he got 1,000 between then or now in 2014. Add, I don't know, he was getting 250 hits a season. It, it felt like for such a long time in the early 2000s. But Well, in like 2012 and 13 too, I mean, we're you got to remember like all of us, I think I can speak for every Tigers fan, we we're watching every single yeah. game. So, I mean, that's where the bulk of it comes. The kicker is how much were you watching and, you know, 09, 2010, and then how much were you watching in this weird little last five years uh, five year stretch, but I just I think it's a really interesting uh, a question for people to think about because I mean in in twelve and thirteen when they're making you know pennant runs it's like probably saw ninety percent of his hits throughout that whole sequence. Matt, you're a little bit of a young gun, so I don't know maybe a thousand. How many? How long have you been watching Tigers games? I don't want to shortchange you. I can't remember when my <laughs> first Tigers game was. Probably 06, 07. I'd have to ask my parents about that because they've been going to games since we talked about that yesterday. But they've been Shout going to games since the before they got married. Die but... hard Detroit Tigers fans. They were extremely generous yesterday. It was they fantastic were. to generous see them. Generous is an understatement. Shout out to them. It was it was a great time. They were joining us and joining Trent in heckling the the players for Colorado. Yeah, not so not necessarily proud of that. They but... were they were deep water fans, but maybe a thousand for you, Matt, because you're a deep water fan as well, just like your parents. I I can't really say. The only one I remember, like I I've seen a million of Miggy's hits, but the one I can remember is I think I saw his first one that he his first home run he hit in 2012 before he won the Triple Crown. I was there for that. That's, I, that's probably the mo my most memorable one. Probably the only one I really remember because he hit so many. There's really a lot of history at play here with 3,000 hits. Now he has 3,002. We were able to see three of them yesterday. He's now the seventh player in Major League Baseball history to have 500 home runs and 3,000 hits. And yesterday when I got home from the park after dropping everybody off after a pretty lively ride home down 96 from Detroit, oh, we got after it. What a hero you were, too, for, for driving. Because hey, I was still pleasure. flying high. <laughs> and you were an absolute hero. You know Anyways, what? Anyways, I digress. Anyway, but when I got home yesterday, I watched an interview on SportsCenter. And the anchor, I don't know who it was, Asked Miguel Cabrera if 500 home runs or 300 hits is more significant to you. And he pretty much without hesitation said 3,000 hits. No because doubt. He always wanted to be a well-rounded hitter. He always wanted to hit well in, in situations. And, and the power, he said, really just kind of came as something extra well, for he, him. He's gotten pigeonholed into like this great power hitter, which he is, obviously. But he's just, a, you can even drop power. He's a great hitter. He yeah. just is. He's a smart hitter. He's I, I, like I said. I think he's the greatest right-handed hitter we've ever seen. Uh, you know, people can argue back and forth about who that is and whatnot. But I just you you watch him and his plate discipline and just his ability to just turn like like you said, Sloan. That that uh, his single yesterday was just prime Miggy. You know, the turn on one fastball center yeah. cut. It's perfect. And and we've seen that three thousand times. And I just think that's incredible. That has to be you know you have to take more pride in that. But Sloan, I want to ask you as yes. as my fellow diehard. And, and, of course, we have other diehards here as well, so I want to go around the table here. But what is your favorite Miguel Cabrera memory? What, what's the one moment that's going to stick out for you? See, this is a 
really good one because there's a lot of people who have a lot of different opinions on this. There were Austin, 38,000 of our best friends yesterday right. at the ballpark in downtown Detroit. Matthew Stafford was there, got a picture with Miguel Cabrera after the game. That was something unexpected. I didn't expect him to be there. I didn't see anything on social media. Love him. For me, and we'll go around the table, we'll go counter or go clockwise from Perfect. you, Trent, to Allie, who's directly to my center, then Matt. And I, I guess behind the glass, we have a Cubs fan and Henry Mena goes back there. If they have a Miguel Cabrera memory, not not to call you guys out. <laughs> I think I just did. I don't know. They don't look happy. But I'll just say 2012, it's dead summer. I think mid-July, late July. The Tigers are playing the then Cleveland Indians at Comerica Park. The I-words. They were down big in the ninth inning off the Indians. Now Guardians, once again. Shout out Michael Markoch. And they, they came down from, I think, six, ended up bringing in closer Chris Perez. And Cabrera hit a game-winning walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth inning to cap that comeback. That was his triple crown year. Amazing. I was not at that game. I was sitting at home on my couch as a 12-year-old. But I remember just watching that game. And it was a, a obviously a, an incredible comeback. That team would eventually go to the World Series and get swept by the Giants, nevertheless. So watch Cabrera cap that off with a home run. It was in the the visitors' bullpen in dead center field. I just said to me as a 12-year-old, holy cow, what are we watching right now? Right. At that point, he was in the lead for all the Triple Crown categories. He eventually would obviously finish that off in 2012, and the Tigers would go to the World Series, and he would win MVP that year. And, and that season in particular, that moment in that season sticks out to me, but 2012 was just... A magical summer, not just for for Tigers fans, but for me as well. I watched. I was living and dying on the team. They were 500 going into the break. They eventually rallied back to win the American League, sweep the Yankees in the Amazing. ALCS. The Yankees stink. We hate the Yankees. Even even Marin, who's a Boston Loathe. fan, can agree to yes. that. But 2012, if I had to pick a big Miggy memory that season, and what he did was just. Maybe, and, and it's going to take a lot to top it, but yeah. in my opinion, the greatest season I've seen put together by a single athlete no that doubt. I've followed, and I don't think it's even close. No so doubt. that's mine. I will I will also stay in 2012, Sloan. I think if you ask a lot of these Tigers fans, their favorite Miggy memory is going to be from that year because he was phenomenal, won the Triple Crown, won the MVP, whatever. Mine was in 2012. I actually was... In Boston at Fenway Park How with my family. That? Shout out Fenway. Marin is a Boston fan. She's from Massachusetts, just for anybody who doesn't know. She's new to the program. She is. She is a Red Sox diehard. Um, nothing, Which is unfortunate. Nothing super fancy about this memory, but it was just being a kid and seeing Miggy go yard and then Prince Fielder going back-to-back. Back. Both those guys went back-to-back back over the Green Monster. It was incredible as a little 12-year-old. Prince went so, oppo. Yeah, Prince went, yeah, Prince pulled it, man. And then Prince got on second, and, like, I, you might remember this. It was that game where he kind of got a lead on second, and he dove back, and the ball hit him in the helmet. Yep, I and do remember were, that. The Red and, Sox were horrific in oh, 2012. Man. Absolutely horrible. Bobby <laughs> Valentine was their manager. Out on Jared him. Jared out. Oh, future Tiger, though. Literally one year later. One year later. I think he had two stints with Tigers, didn't he? But that's anyways, that, that that that's just got to be mine. Nothing nothing super special. The Tigers did end up winning that game. I think like three to one, three zero or something. But Miggy and Prince going back to back because that was just. I mean, say what you want about Prince Fielder, it hasn't aged great. Him in the Tigers uniform and everything. But in 2012, he was phenomenal. That we're was skipping. We're skipping Marin unless she wants to have a favorite Tigers memory. I I just have to say though, obviously, like I'm not a Tigers fan. Sorry to anyone listening. No, not that's all from, right. Not from Michigan. But... We have a Cubs fan here. We have. 
a Rays fan, kind of. I have to say, with Trent's memory, seeing any player hit a ball over Green Monster is yeah. always going to be yep. like core memory stuff right there. Always great. Always a great thing to see. Memorable yeah, good call. times. Good call. Thank you. Allie and Allie her Cohen. Are... Allie Cohen in. <laughs> Allie Cohen's dad is Dan Cohen, who is a deep water person. He was at the game yesterday along with mom nancy cohen it was impact parents weekend it was fantastic aiden champion's dad was also there <laughs> mr champion the champion of course but your parents are big tigers fans you big, big tiger are fans. a big tigers fan so you probably have a lot of memories to choose from when talking about what's your favorite with him um yeah i've always my parents big tiger people like always on like every single game as a kid so i Thinking about like Trent's question, I've probably seen at least a thousand of his hits, but in 2012, I went to, this is just not even specific, I went to one of the postseason games and we won. And that was just memory because like, you know, triple crown MVP, it was all going to happen. And am I allowed to say yesterday? Yes, oh, of yeah, course, absolutely. Yesterday yeah. then also. In my opinion, that's, that's, I mean, that might be number one for me now once I continue mm -hmm. to ponder it because that's a, that's a big time moment. You also got 3,001 yesterday. And two. And, two. and two. You're right. So you keep the no, counter going, is man. very valid. I think that's yeah. a very good point. It, it, I mean, you're going to say, that's going to be one of those moments where you say, I was there for that. That's what we were going for when we went. And it is such a flex. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. I it saw is. Mickey's 3,000th hit. Biah. Yeah. And then all, because all last summer I was there trying to see 500. I saw 496, 497, 498, went back for 499. And then he happened. froze for yeah, a while. Yeah, then he froze. So I was like really mad that I never saw that because it happened in Toronto. So three thousand—that's probably mine. That's honestly. a good one. I, again, That's like if you ask being there and then like after the fireworks and the hug first from Iggy. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Iglesias running over there and giving him the hug for the first. Yeah, that was incredible. The situation yeah. was handled really well yesterday. I thought by everybody in attendance, the Rockies too, because they he hit it, and. It was briefly handled, but it felt like a while, so the game wasn't slowed down a ton, but it was also celebrated. There were fireworks going off, which was phenomenal. We love pyrotechnics on this show. <laughs> the, 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 first, the first person to hug Cabrera was actually Jose Iglesias, his former teammate, which was fantastic. CJ Crone, another one of his former teammates for only about 11 games, was also down at first base when he came in. But... The Rockies came out of their dugout. Obviously, the Tigers did as well. Their bullpen came out as well. I mean, it's a that's a milestone in baseball, I and mean, we we probably aren't going to see that for a very, very long time. So it needs to be appreciated as such. They gave him the ball. He got a curtain call after that. There was a number of videos that they showed later in the game. So I thought the the presentation of the day I thought was spot on. But Matt, your favorite uh, Miggy memory is blank and why? My favorite is from 2011. If you remember, the White Sox were making a really good push to win the division with Ozzie Guillen with Ozzie Guillen and then in <laughs> early September they were the White Sox came to town and were up 8-1 I believe it was like in like the fifth inning oh. and there was a rain delay and then the Tigers came back Ryan Rayburn tied it in the bottom oh, of the ninth Ryan Rugburn <laughs> <laughs> and then Miggy came up on the very next pitch in the bottom of the ninth and hit one way out to left and then the Tigers took care of business the rest of the month and went on to win the division before running into Nelson Cruz in the ALCS oh. But one killer. I, I would like to add one thing. My grandmother, shout out Grandma Palm. She Grandma went Palm. into the she went into the archives this morning and found a picture of me from April April 29th, two thousand six. I was two oh, years six? old. World Series. Can, I, can we see this photo? You can. Uh, I looked it up. They we played the Twins that day, 
Wow, you're dialed in. We won. He is dialed in, folks. You were two years old. I was two. That shout makes out, me feel old. Shout because out September birthdays. I was, I was six. six. <laughs> and then what is going on? The Tigers played the Twins that day. They won eighteen to one. Wow. Just to put that into perspective, kind of like I don't remember anything. Yeah. So behind the glass, any favorite Miggy memories from from Henry? Henry, are you a Tigers fan? I, oh, yeah, I've always uh, wanted. You're not a huge baseball uh, dude, guy. I'm one of those things again, like. I went to a Brewers game one time. <laughs> oh, no. So, hey, I went to a Brewers game one time, so I like the Brewers. Yeah. So I'm like a Brewers fan now, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really have any Mickey memories. I, mean, I, I haven't followed uh, Mickey's uh, prolific career. That's okay. Yeah. That's Jada okay. Coster. Transparency. We, we like it. Stand-up guy, Hank, always. Jada Coster was a Tigers fan for one day yesterday, which was pretty cool. Witness. He I fit mean, in I, great, too. Jay was in. Jay was all in. Jay he was in. He bought Jay in. bought a hat. He was. Yeah, I bought was, a hat. Look, I really like the Tigers. I really hope they do well just because I'm, you know, I'm a Cubs fan. I don't like the Sox and the Twins I don't really care about. But, right. yeah, I would say my favorite Miggy memory would probably have to be you guys probably remember this, 2013 against the Yankees. I was sitting on my couch. I was watching MLB Network, and they did the live look, and it was against Mariano Rivera. And, oh, um, hell yeah. Bottom Good, of the great n- pick, oh, Bottom great of the ninth, yes. everything on the line. He hits, he hits a go-ahead home run against the best closer of all time. So that's that's got to be my favorite. That's a great call, Jay. That was like a, that that's a, a prolific at-bat, maybe the greatest at-bat of all time. No, that's <laughs> and, a really and, and, In terms of, like, not, you know, not in the playoffs or anything like that. It's just, you know, so, battle back. You, I think you said this best after game one, Trent, is that everyone can kind of take a deep breath and exhale and say, all right, milestone is is out of the way, so to speak. Now we got a season to play with here. Obviously, it's something special and celebrated and was the moment of the day yesterday yes. for all of us. But six and eight playing Colorado today. Tyler Alexander is going for the good guys. Javier Baez is back in the lineup. And third, which would have liked to see him yesterday. Yeah, I, I, he's my tiger. I would have loved to see him. Also, apparently Matt Merrifield says that I'm the Javi Bias of Impact, which I don't know what that means. I'll take it. Your, what, your rationale for that? We talked perhaps? about this last Trent, week. We don't have to. Regardless if it's rain or shine, you bring the juice. Javi Baez brings the juice for this baseball team. Well, he's he going to bring the juice today. He's going to bring it going to win. So let's get Series into Series victory today. But a quick look at the American League Central standings. The Guardians are 7-7, seven and seven, tops in the division, followed by the Twins, who are 7-8, and eight, and then the White Sox and Tigers are both 6-8, and eight, with the Royals bringing up the rear at 5-8. and eight. Anybody's race. It really is anybody's race. Which, obviously, race. It's, you know, it's early. The White Sox have been a pretty major disappointment so far this season, and I know the Tigers have really had to overcome the injury bug so far. Baez coming back is big time. Mize and Manning, all indications are that they're only going to miss one start apiece, but Bo Brisky really held his own yesterday. Yeah. Fastball was lively. Five innings of three runs should have had more run support in that game and potentially could have gotten set up for a win. But which one of these teams, in your opinion, Trent, has surprised you the most? I know that one definitely stands out for me. I'm gonna I'm interested to see if it's the the same one as you. Well, so I'm gonna actually take this like I'm gonna say the White Sox have surprised me the most in a negative way if that makes sense, because I thought the White Sox were the team to beat in this, this division. I still do think that. I think that they've kind of had some weird mumble jump, like Tim Anderson missing the first two games of the season, all this stuff going on. Uh, I think they'll get it together and, and really pull it together, and they'll be the team to beat in this division. But I'd say right now, uh, you know, two games below 500, I did not expect them to be there two weeks into the season. So I would say the White Sox, in a negative way, I think you're going to say the Guardians? I am completely, because we all knew that they were going to pitch. Yes. But the fact that they're actually hitting this year. A lot. Is is very bizarre in my opinion. Is it opinion. sustainable? I don't think so. Do we do the do the Guardians scare you as a Tigers? Fan? No, not in in my opinion. Well, because well, I think okay. that first series is going to be very interesting. And I'll say this too: 
do I think the hitting is going to be sustainable? No, I don't, because most of their guys who are hot right now don't really have track records. Some of them do. Some of them don't. Arguments can be made, but nevertheless, their pitching and their run prevention is going to be top five in the league. And Lord knows the Tigers struggle with teams in their division. So do they concern me? I think every team in this division concerns me because they, the Tigers were were not good against the American League Central last year. No. And if they want to make the playoffs this year, they're going to have to be either at or above 500, in my opinion, above 500 against teams in their own division. You know, I don't care that the White Sox are banged up right now, too. That's, that's going to be an area where they have to shore up. I mean, it, they're off to a good start. They took two out of three in Kansas City. Minnesota's going to be a big series early this week, in my opinion. Got yeah, to set the tone. For sure. And the schedule, the thing is, is it doesn't get much easier. You kind of had a tough schedule to begin the year. And, you know, as as the summer goes, you know, you get the Pirates coming up here in a bit and whatever. But, uh, Sloan, I want to ask you, I mean, when you look at what we've seen so far from the Tigers, like what what do you think has been the biggest storyline other than the Miggy thing? Because now that that has happened, I think we're starting, like you said, we're shifting into this, oh, there's a season to play now. What do you think has been the biggest storyline thus far? I think it's overwhelmingly what the bullpen has been able to do. You've got people like Will Vest, Jacob Barnes, Drew Hutchinson, guys who really were thrust into roles that they were not going to have. These are all guys who are going to be at Toledo. And for them to be in this bullpen and be throwing effectively right now is clutch, in my opinion. And it really says a lot, in my opinion, about Chris Fetter, the analytics department, what the Tigers were able to do in spring training, and and really the back end of this operation, because they've been able to take pitchers they've picked up on minor league deals and Hutchinson and Barnes and, you know, Vest was brought back after he was a Rule 5 pick by Seattle. These aren't blue chip signings per se, but these are guys who are really effective. And the Tigers optioned Jason Foley to AAA today to bring Bias back up. He did nothing to really lose his job. Right. Andrew Chafin is coming back for the Minnesota series. Someone's going to have to go down again, who once again probably doesn't deserve to lose their job. This team's bullpen depth, in my opinion, has been a major factor so far, and it's the storyline for me. And it was a strength last year. Like, let's not forget, I know you and I are on the same page. It was a strength last year, but the problem is those guys were, you know, Cisnero and uh, Alexander, and now you kind of had to shuffle the deck a little bit here. Pineda was great, by the way, in his first start. Fantastic. So then you're able to put Alexander back in the bullpen, but then, of course, you know, Mize gets hurt. There's all this stuff going on. So I do agree that that's a big storyline. I want to throw another one at you. I and, and again, I don't mean to be pessimistic, but the slow starts from Jonathan Scope and Jamer Candelario yeah, are problematic. If the team wants to reach its ceiling, those guys got to figure it out quick. Because I think yesterday, uh, game two in particular, was a perfect example of, you know, if those guys have a mediocre day even at the plate, like it, it, the Tigers could win that game. Because like you said, uh, Brisky gave you, he put you in position to yeah, at least try to compete, you know, and, and how many innings he pitch? Five, three runs, me. Five. five hits, I okay. think. So so if Only you, walked if if you're throwing two, if you're throwing starter guy yeah. is you know giving you that kind of production you should be able to you know put more than two runs on the board and I think and granted there's problems with it's a doubleheader I understand you're not going to be at full strength in either game because you got to play your cards right and you are missing Javi and you know there's all sorts of stuff going on but I want your thoughts on that real quick Jonathan Scope Jamie Candelario it's concerning. But because we are getting to that point now yeah. where it's not necessarily a small sample size anymore. We're approaching week three of the season. The weather is warming up and, and their bats are going to need to warm up with soon it. because yes. obviously these aren't like, oh, no, they're going to get option to Toledo or anything like I don't. That's not some situation that's going no, to absolutely happen. Absolutely not. But 
Both of them struggled to hit in April last year when the Tigers were not successful. Both of them are struggling to hit this season in April when the Tigers are kind of a 500 team. And for this team to really unlock it, obviously Green will come back here in about hopefully a month, maybe a month and a half. These guys are going to have to pick it up. If the, I know Baez is going to be consistently good. Meadows has been a, a presence oh, so far. Oh, he's been amazing. Yep. Even someone like Akil Badu needs to, in my opinion, pick it up a little bit more as well. There's just been some inconsistencies that I haven't necessarily enjoyed so far, but for this team to still be a 500 club throughout all that, I think is pretty significant. But we have a lot of opinions in the room right now. We have Matt here. We have Allie here. And I'm interested in both of your opinions as Tigers fans, how bought in you are on this team through about a month of action. And have your expectations changed, shifted at all since the beginning of the season? Mine are probably about on par, but interested in your take. My <clears throat> sorry, my worst fear coming into the season for the Tigers was injuries. I had a bad feeling that the young pitchers like Manning, Mize, I was worried Scooble would get hurt. Luckily, he hasn't yet. It was great not, not yesterday, he too. Was amazing. He's had two great starts he, in a row yeah, now. He, shoved. he, shoved. he, yep. he did shove. Um I think, and going back to like the biggest storyline, I think that has been the biggest one. The Tigers just Injuries, can't stay healthy. Yeah, there's the first. So the fact that they're two games, what they're six and eight to the first two yes, first two weeks of the season, that's not terrible. They've played some pretty good teams. It's been a and, tough. And month when of you April. look, you look at the, the division too. Good. I mean, they're right there, and the right. wild card standings they're right there too. So it's like you can't ask for much more given the injuries, like right. Matt said. Yeah, they haven't put themselves out of anything. It's still really early, and then I. I think we've seen a lot from the bullpen. They allowed one yeah. base. After Brisky came out today, they allowed one base runner. It was a walk. I think, I don't remember who it was, but they, they've they been really good this year. I've actually been surprised by some of the other pieces other than the guys that have underperformed, which has been Scope and Candelario, and just the injuries that have also impacted the team. Allie, have you, have, have your thoughts changed at all since the beginning of the season? Maybe even gotten better? Um, I had expectations for them at the beginning, like, at least like 500 for sure but by the end of the season you're saying yeah like, like they okay yeah. okay yes but like they are like they're a young team for sure and like it's good it's gonna be entertaining either way but like i'm still holding my expectations i expect them Me all too. to do something but like also the injury bug you can't do anything about that but, i like, guess the good news is if anything you know they're they do seem to be on the way mm, out of that yeah Kinda with Javi coming back today. Yeah, fingers crossed. Changing. They have had some like hard series and stuff, and they're still like six and eight isn't bad for like all like the stuff that they've had. So once they're out of the injury bug, though, I'm expecting it to go like up for sure. Agree. All right, wrap it up quickly. Final minute of this segment before we talk NBA basketball, which we got to watch a little bit of that when we got back from the park yesterday. Shout out the Minnesota Timberwolves. Apparently, yes, shocking. But final non or the final question. Is that your favorite non-baseball moment from yesterday was what and why? My favorite non-baseball moment. <laughs> <laughs> There's okay. a lot we could choose from. Um, ah, my brother was being rowdy. Uh, <clears throat> some girls like got upset with him. <laughs> and I just It was just funny. I will leave it at that. I can't elaborate much more than that. Kind of an off-air <laughs> story. But that was, that was from game you know, one, was, and it was fantastic. So he was bringing the energy. He was bringing the energy. And let's they just did say. not like also, that he was bringing the energy? No. And my little Shame brother Miles was absolutely hazing the crap out of Chris Bryant in uh in, in left and, and Chris dropped that one ball and it was it was just amazing. That's all I gotta say. Allie favorite non baseball memory from yesterday. Is the chirping at Hutchinson? Am I allowed to say that? Yes, absolutely. Okay, like that like wasn't baseball, but just the pure bullying we did to him. Yeah. And he definitely heard because we sat way closer than oh, we should have. Aiden Hutchinson, that is. Aiden Hutchinson definitely heard us. 
We had we had someone yelling at us saying that we were being disrespectful. We to started him. go yeah. green chance. We started go green, go white. While <laughs> For he was context, pitching. he threw out the first pitch of the second game, and we were we snuck down in some very good seats that were not ours for the second game. And he also he threw a ball. Hear us. He threw a ball, mm-hmm. by the way. It was Just outside. Saw so a little soft too. I mean, come on, you can throw harder hey, than man, that. He you're can't about get to get hurt. He's going to get drafted. You're about to get n- pick number one overall on Thursday. Ooh, more on Ooh. that to come. Also, but, shout out to the car at home. Oh, that was a lot. Okay, that's a good pick too. Matt, what's shout your, out to Hair Nation. What's your favorite oh, memory? Oh, Hair Nation. Shout out. <laughs> Probably uh, going to get food in between games. Building a nice pyramid at the picnic table was splendid. That was I'll leave it solid. at that. I'll leave it at that. There's only certain things you can build pyramids out of when you're at a local establishment, and it's not like blocks of wood. <laughs> it's so. not bricks. We're not talking about bricks, people. Jay, does Jay have a favorite memory behind the glass of, of yesterday's proceedings? There's a lot to pick from. Yeah, There's I a mean, lot to pick Yeah, from. I mean, I think just being at Comerica Park, like, it's my first time being there. Like, I, Comerica Park, very underrated. I really like that. And Detroit in general. Like, you guys were giving me a tour of Detroit on Friday night after the postponement, and that was awesome. I mean, Detroit is – I really like Detroit. So. Sticky City is in. <laughs> it is in. Wholesome stuff from Jada Costa. My favorite memory – was being able to see everybody's crew. The, all the Bally's were there. Oh, yeah. All the Coens were there. All the Merrifields were there. Mr. Champion was there. And this crew that we have here assembled today, Aiden might be coming today, by the way, too, so we'll get his thoughts on this later. But we brought the energy. We were there from first game to last, and this was a lot of fun. Also, honorable mention, we walked in the parking lot. It was about 11.30, still morning, we walk up to the the Bally tailgate in the lot yeah, out if you front, can even call it that. And, and <laughs> Mr. Mr. Bally hands me an ice cold beverage at about eleven thirty, and it was ice cold. And I knew at that point I was like, "Wow, it's gonna it, be a day." The weather is beautiful. People are lining the streets right now. I was like, "This right here is gonna be a fantastic." It was it it was cold. Matt has a shirt on right now that may or may not feature the ice cold beverage of of uh choice that mr badley gave me but yes. nevertheless everyone had a good time it was, it was a, a great time it was a great time and miggy thank you for giving us the day we will never forget chris illich and the tigers thank you for putting on a show i loved all the pageantry i had a great time go tigers any final thoughts from the room Allie? acdc dan cohen <laughs> Allie cohen dan cohen that's the new nickname for both of you any final thoughts any final thoughts we were juiced the whole day. We were juiced. That, yeah, we brought the energy to Comerica Park. Credit to us. Credit oh, to no us. No big deal. Just give it us some It was not credit. Miggy. It was us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank and you, I, I, Before we break, and I know we're a little bit over right now, but if, if Henry Menegos had to pick a favorite Henry Menegos or friend's memory of yesterday's beautiful day in East Lansing, w- w- is there an honorable mention for that? Because uh, Henry was holding down the home fort when we were all in Detroit. Yeah, I was, yes. I was making sure East Lansing was uh, doing his job while you guys were gone. It was a wreck when we got back. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There were cans and yeah. tables flipped and what people was it was running a, around. It was EL a zoo. Was a beautiful hack job yesterday. Yeah. Well, and, I, mean, I would say just, just chilling in the yard even, just just hanging out, enjoying the sunshine. I mean, that's kind of it's kind of uh, boring take, but it was it's the it's the good take. Was, no, no, you gotta appreciate the little things. Yeah, that's right. It was what, just very relaxing. It was very uh, very nice. Hey, hey, to quote you, Trent, those are days like yesterday, the ones we live for. They, we do. They, they were fantastic. We Beautiful do live for days, days like in Fight City. Hank, was Lou and Henry's open yes open for business yesterday? They were open and then they were closed. Oh, oh boy, <laughs> they were they closed were closed quickly. down. <laughs> hey, it's a good day to be a sports fan too. NBA playoffs are rolling along. Oh, we have, an, we have another honorable mention here. Cam McLaren, who will be on the program in about 30 minutes to talk Michigan State or Michigan State hockey, 
He says, honorable mention, Nick Sock's playlist. Oh, yeah. Good so playlist. it was it was a very good playlist. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very nice job, that. Nick. It's been, it's been a work <laughs> in progress all year. So I hope he's I hope he's listening right now. I know he is. But Nick, friend of the program forever. But Ali, Matt, we all had a great time yesterday. It was good to talk some baseball. 30 minutes of baseball to start the show. I absolutely love that. We got You know it's spring when we're starting the show with baseball. We have a nice section of uh, NBA basketball to get into. More people running on the floor and, and crazy upsets going on in basketball. We got to watch the end of T-Wolves-Grizzlies last night when we got back to our beloved Fight City. And we have a lot to break down in the NBA on the other side of the break. This is the Green and White Report. The music that matters. Every Monday through Friday at 5 p.m., Impact 89 FM gives away prizes like tickets to upcoming concerts, music festivals, movies, and more. Just listen to the top five at five, write down the names of our top five songs of the day, and call our request line when the last song ends. If you can list each song, you win. That's it. Only on Impact 89 FM. Thank you for dining with us tonight. Your waiter will be here to take your order shortly. Thank you. So, Mark, what did you say you did for a living? Well, I'm kind of between things right now. I got let go from my last job, but it wasn't my fault. Oh, sorry to hear that. How long have you been out of work? Just two and a half years. I've been living with my parents, so it's no big deal. The only problem is I don't have a car, so they have to take me everywhere. That's nice. So, uh, what do you like to do in your spare time? Well, I play a lot of video games, and I watch Netflix. But I haven't been too active because I've been feeling a little ill. Well, did you at least get your flu shot this season? Duh. Flu vaccines are the best way to reduce the chances that I'll get the flu or spread it to others. Wow, he's so dreamy. Tell me more. Flu season is here. From October to May, you need to protect yourself. Sign up at your doctor's office or local pharmacy to get your flu shot today. Welcome back to the Green and White Report. Shout out to a beautiful day from Mother Nature yesterday. She, Mother Nature put on a fantastic show, hopefully for another good one today as we wrap up another beautiful weekend in Fight City. Trent, we're nearing graduation here. Ah! And ah! I hate to bring Don't want to talk about that. But Sunday, May 1st, which is next Sunday, is going to be our final show <laughs> as co-hosts of this radio program. That's going to so, be a day. Let me just say I, that. I kind of wanted to put out an all call to everybody listening now and everybody here today because that show is going to be an absolute party. Traditionally, the WDBM sports family rendezvous like never before for the final show. It's usually about 20 different people on air. We are expecting attendance to exceed that next week. It's going to be an absolute party. Henry will be departing for Thailand not far after that yeah, show. Yeah, I keep forgetting that you're, like, going to Thailand. No, I, I keep forgetting that, too. That's a problem. <laughs> but it, that is going to be one for the ages. Yeah. And oh, it's going to be fantastic. So This in. is our last week as Spartans. Marin has something to bring up. Marin's raising like her hand. I would just like to say, for next week, if it is allowed, the Kevin Klein will be in East Lansing. Sure. And he would be happy to come join the studio. I think that'd be fantastic. It'd be a great time. All our parents should come. The Badleys could come, potentially. 
We'll Maybe. talk. We'll talk. Yeah. We'll have to get them on the phone. Hey, we'll, we'll get our people in contact with their people. Well, I'll, I'll have my people get to get back to your people on that. Yes. But this is our last full week of class as Spartans, which is That's sad. a plus. I'll, ta- I'll take that, though. Yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah class. I just don't want to leave Impact. No, or the greater East Lansing Fight City community. Right. But, hey, we still got plenty of time here. Two weeks, including exam week. We got the rest of this show, which is going to be fantastic, as long, along with a beautiful show next week, which is going to be great. We're not going to be sunburned for that show. You and I are actually going to be in our caps and gowns for that show. Friend of the program, your roommate, George Fahm, is going to take photos of us after that show for graduation. So we'll have to fit our headsets around our caps. I don't know how that's necessarily going to work. We'll figure it out. But don't care. We'll make it work. We'll find a way. Where there's a will, there is indeed a way. Every time. But there's a lot going on in the NBA. And with that, we have an, an NBA in or out to get to. And it's been a fantastic playoffs like you put on the show sheet. Shout out Trent. He made the show sheet today. But you put this question on here, which is a good one. And I'm going to bounce this to you first. The series that you've enjoyed the most so far is, is what? For me, it's and this isn't just recency bias from last night. It's got to be Grizzlies and uh, yeah. Grizzlies T-Wolves. Because the the... the all year long, I've been on the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, I picked them to be my sleeper to to do something crazy, and I obviously I'm just a huge Xavier Tillman fan. That was kind of the driving force for that. But um, it's been really interesting because they obviously did earn that two seed, and they're still so young. So they're a really really high seeded team that is good, but doesn't necessarily have any playoff experience. Some of these guys. So it's really interesting to see that identity. I don't want to call it an identity crisis, but these guys are coming into their own and we're watching it happen against, you know, some vets like Carl Anthony Towns and Patrick Beverly, of course, and then Anthony Edwards watching him come into his own. That series, you know, I know it doesn't have the flash or the star power that maybe uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving versus the Celtics would have, but that series stinks. So I'm just saying, like, that series is 3-0, and I just love that we're 2-2 here. I like the Grizzlies to pull it out. I think think they'll end it in six. I do think they're going to win consecutive games here. But it's it that that series has been a roller coaster. So what about you? What's been my your favorite? favorite has been Pelicans Suns because the Suns are the a runaway lot of drama. yeah a lot of drama in that series. The Suns are the runaway favorite to win it all. They still are, and they're just they're just up two one against the Pelicans playing tonight. I will be tuned in. Everyone here will be tuned in because we're di- Matt will not be tuned in. He's shaking his head. I no. hate NBA playoff basketball. <laughs> okay, wow. okay, you know okay, 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 okay. Man, that God, Henry, that, that's that's a bad take. Uh, about the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> playoffs. No, he's got all the buttons over there to press. But that series has been really good, and it's been a, it's been a shock. Not a lot of people thought that the Pelicans would take one game from them. Still Zion less. Maybe they yeah. should never bring him back. In my opinion, Devin Booker missed the last game. Yeah, I think he'll Devin play Booker, tonight. Oh, no, I think he's out oh, for like out? two weeks. Oh, I think man. that's what I've heard. Yikes! I that is that would be so. I mean, detrimental. Chris Paul time, man. They got Chris Paul's got to step it up now. Also, when Dwayne Casey retires, the next head coach of the Pistons will be Willie Green, coach of the Pelicans. You Detroit like that? Native. I uh, am in on that. What about Drew Valentine to the oh, Pistons? No. <laughs> you're wearing, you're you're dripped out in green and white today. That's the next team he'll be coaching. Oh, I am. Yeah. Oh, I hope. We I were going to talk, talk Michigan State basketball today, and we will soon, most likely next week on our final show, to go out the way that we should. But I am all the way out. On Michigan State basketball's offseason so far, Julius Marble is is gone. Hitting the portal. Uh, Tom Crean hopefully is not in. More Joey Hauser's back, though. Joey Hauser is in. I'm very excited about that. Happy he's back for another year. Absolutely. 
But without further ado, Henry Menegos has recovered his voice. We gave we oh, we all had Easter off, so we yeah. could, we, we, could, we could retain our voices, and he is going to run us through a, an NBA playoffs version of In or Out. Mr. All right, fellas, here we go. In or out, Ben Simmons will play game four in this Celtics-Nuts series. So that's been the plan. That's what they've said. But, they said that before game two, I think, or before game three, whatever they said, he's going to play game four. But it's 3-0. But it is now 3-0, and I don't think that it's fair. Look, Ben Simmons drives me nuts. I, I can't stand him. He's nauseating to me. However, with that being said, I don't think it's the right thing to do whatsoever to throw him into the fire, make his Nets debut when you're down 3-0 in a hostile environment. Like, I don't, I don't understand that at all. Because then if they lose, whether it's Ben Simmons' fault or not, the entire offseason is just going to be about, oh, Ben Simmons didn't elevate the team at all, blah, blah, blah. I say, look, you're done. You're done. I mean, no team's ever come back from 3-0. That series is done. You're a sitting duck. I think you punt, and you just hang on to Ben Simmons for next season. You try to retool and figure this out. Because this Nets situation is... Is an absolute dumpster fire right now. Like, let's just call it what it is. Yeah, I know. I agree. And the Celtics are a good team. The Celtics can make some noise. But with that being said, this is Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and 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 Ben Simmons. I guess on the bench, you've got some decent role players like Seth Curry. I'm still an Andre Drummond guy. You've got these guys. Steve Nash has to go. It's just there's a lot going on. But ultimately, I'm I'm gonna buy this that he'll play just because they said they would play him. But I don't think he should. I, I completely agree with you. I think it could be some kind of game time decision, too. Like, it wouldn't shock me if he didn't play. Yeah, if they're like, you know what, actually, we probably shouldn't. But even though the Nets situation is in peril right now, yeah. I am not necessarily out on their future as a team. I think a coach You never can be when happen. you have those kind of players. So I agree with you. Like, you can never yes. be out on a team's future when they have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and. You can always retool. You Everybody's know? under contract and coming back next season. Mm-hmm. Seth Curry's on a big contract. Ben well, Kyrie Simmons can opt out, contract. though. Kyrie's probably going to opt out and demand a ton of money. Which they'll probably give to him. Yeah. Considering they just hand out bags to people there. But <laughs> yeah. I think that a, a coaching change will happen. Steve Nash is, is way in over his head at this point. I've defended him in the past, but I won't anymore. It's just this series, as any, if anything, has been. Dude, they, they, it's, it's just. They don't play together at all. It's disgusting. If you're like a basketball purist, it's so hard to watch. All they yeah. do is just pl- they play iso ball and high pick and roll. That's all they do. But I think Ben Simmons has a role on a good Nets team in the future. He's not going to be your point guard. He's not going to be your primary ball handler. He's not going to be asked to take a ton of shots per game. He's just kind of got to kind of be a guy who will dish it and pass it, and hopefully his jump shot improves, but he'll also be your best defender, and he is an elite defender when healthy. And him alongside Irving, assuming he resigns, and Kevin Durant, and Seth Curry and you know they have Goran Dragic and a complement of other veteran yeah, players that they could try come to go back. Two or three more shooters, you know. Add, add a new coach, and that'll be an extremely attractive job. And I don't necessarily hate the future of the Nets, and I don't hate the future of Simmons on the Nets. It's of my belief that I think he is going to be good there, and I think he's going to be productive. I know that I could get a lot of hate for that take, but I think we haven't seen the last of one Benjamin Simmons. Does he play tonight? Uh, no. You're going to say no. I, I In my segments, in, just now, I have changed my mind. Okay, so I think I, he is out. I, I, again, I, I agree. I don't think he should, but I think he will just because that's what the Nets do. I don't know. I don't think he will. Really? You don't think I, he'll play him? I'm going to use your word here, Trent. Ben Simmons is prickly. prickly? He's very prickly. <laughs> oh, yeah, he is. And that whole team is prickly, dude. I, I, As much as they said he's going to play, he's not going to play. 
Because why hasn't he played all year? Well, yeah, and they also just like I think why the hasn't, context why matters. Why hasn't I, he played? Because I know he was holding out with Philly. Back they were saying, well, then they were saying it was conditioning and he wasn't in shape. And he wasn't ready yet. Not in game shape, whatever. So, again, I, I, honestly, we can move on from this because I don't even care. It's uh, it's 3-0. The I, they they are done. Yeah, they're done. They're, 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 they're done. Hank, yeah. save me. In or out, the Phoenix Suns can stay afloat without Devin Booker. So this is interesting. Man. Sloan, you can drive on this because this was your take for the best series thus far. And it is 2-1. And against a pesky Pelicans team. Ooh, I like that. They're pesky. Mm. The other thing, too, is that I called Devin Booker the the player of the playoffs the last show that we did. I, I said that, wow, if, if, if there's anybody who's a Devin Booker doubter, I don't think there's a ton of them, but if there's anybody that doesn't think he's a top maybe five player in the NBA, in my opinion, I think they're, that they were going to be proven wrong in these playoffs. I and can't all believe of a sudden, you got no MVP consideration. I know. My I, take I all understand. of a sudden has been ter- just torn down because of his terrible injury status, but... With the way Chris Paul is playing right now and, and their complement of pieces, I give DeAndre Ayton a ton of credit. He has yeah. really taken a big step this year. And I think that they can stay afloat without Devin Booker, but I don't think they're even going to come close to winning a title with Devin Booker. I think they can make the conference semis. with the, or I think they can make the conference finals without Devin Booker, perhaps, just because of the way Chris Paul is playing right now. He's, he's, he's got a chip on his shoulder after last year. They're complement of role players, Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, very capable. They have decent depth on their bench. I hate to disagree with you on that one, Merrifield, but I think that that Chris Paul is, is on a different level right now, and because of that, they're very well coached. They don't seem the very phased. You know? They've been there. They've done that. I think they can stay afloat. I think they will edge the Pelicans out. Yes. After that, it would be a matchup with, I believe— The Jazz or Mavericks. Yeah, the Jazz or Mavs, which I don't necessarily— Hate them in that matchup. I don't love but that, it. I don't think they can. I mm, that's tough because I don't think they can beat either of those teams without Devin Booker. I'll go as far to say that I think they can get past. I think, the I Pelicans. think there's a path. I think there is a there path. is a path. You, sure, could, you could sure, get booked but, back at the end of, at the end of that series potentially. But you you also got to remember. I mean, if they take a day off between every it game. is it is weird, and you could maybe get Booker back or mid series or whatever. But Luka Doncic is now back healthy. That series is tied two two. So I expect the Mavericks to take care of business, and then I like. Ultimately, I think if if you've got a healthy Mavericks team against a Devin Booker-less Suns team, I think the Mavericks would be favored I'm going into for, that. I'm pulling for the Jazz. No, I'm, I, a, I'm a Jazz guy. I, I, I that series goes one way or another for me. I don't really care. But um, but Merrifield, what's your take on this whole situation? You think the Suns are in trouble without Booker? I He's do. not a Suns guy. I'm not in on the Suns. I I hate their depth. I hate their bench. I do not think it's good at all. I don't all. understand that take at all. I don't. Cameron Payne like, is their backup the... point guard. Shamit's not bad. Campaign's just... good. Shamit is good. Well, they also don't need... Shamit is good. I do like They Shamit. don't need to rely on a ton of backup point guard right. play because right. Booker runs the point, and, and they've Booker. got a top five point guard out. But now Fiambo. Booker's out. So, like, that's my yeah. point of... With Booker, They, I don't think they're a championship team with Booker. I mean, they're a contender, but I don't think... I would not pick them to win at all. Now, I just... They'll, they'll get through this round... Depending, if they play the Mavs, it's going to be tough, especially without Booker. But they're not, and they're they're going to be in trouble without Booker. I've been impressed by the Mavs. Future Piston Jalen Brunson is having a hell of a playoff so far. Him <laughs> next to Cade Shout next out Jay year. Wright, by the way, Jay Wright, enjoy your retirement. Yeah, that was shocking. It was but shocking. Brunson next to Cade. Ooh. Yeah, I, I don't that. know. So I, I'm I'm going to say Phoenix stays afloat in this series. I think next series they're in some trouble if they can't get him back. In or out, the Chicago Bulls will upset the Milwaukee Bucks without Chris Middleton. This is for Jay DeCoster. Jay, you can hop in if you'd like. Jay, obviously, our uh, in-house Chicago Bulls fan. Jay, 
Game out. three did not go how you wanted it to go, but as a Bulls fan, you're out. You're out on this. I am out. Well, I mean, I just did not like the energy that they you know, came with in game three. Like, everyone, you know, we got the United Center all jacked up, and then, you know, you, you come out with that, and they lose by by 30. Well, like, the Bulls fans are going to see red here at about 1 yeah. o'clock, though. You know, they, they, they know, could come right back and even it up. I, I thought two. they'd have a chance just because Milton's a very important piece, but, you know, you have Giannis, the best player in the world, so, I mean – yeah, I, they they can go to probably like a six game, probably six games, but no, they're they're not winning the series. It's okay, just no way. Okay, I give them a I chance. I you, give them Jay. a puncher's chance, but ultimately, best player on the court typically wins, unless you know you, you're Kevin Durant, you go to like Golden State and completely ruin that formula with LeBron and Cleveland. But go ahead. Plus, I think you said Trent that your best player in these playoffs is Giannis. Yeah. So I know Giannis is the best player on the planet. I don't think anyone can dispute that right now. Who is he's playing at just. If you thought there was another level he could go to, he found it this year. Yep. Starting to make jumpers. I, I agree with you, Jay. Well, the Bulls are a little bit wounded themselves. You and I talked about this yesterday. No Lonzo is big. I mean, I know he's been out for a while, but he really – I give Lonzo a lot of credit. I was out on him with the Lakers, but he really had a career revitalization, started making jump shots with the Pelicans, earned a contract with Chicago. I think – their future is really bright. They're a team to watch next year, They're, for sure. They have some good youth as well. DeMar DeRozan is a superstar in this league. But oh, he's this, been phenomenal this playoffs, too. He deserves some credit. Giannis won't let them lose the opening round after they won it all last year. And I think that... You know, they're still very live to come out of the East again, even potentially without Middleton for, for longer if it is something that's dragged out. But Giannis was on another level last year and then he found it again this year and and Henry Menigo's Milwaukee Bucks fan just has to be thrilled about that. Ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> Good word. Are we the next one? It's the next question. We are go ready to it. go. In or out, John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies are on upset alert. I'm out on this. I have so much faith in them to take care of this. Like I said, I think they're gonna win games five and six, end it in six. The Timberwolves have given them a test, and like I already said, the the the, um, the Grizzlies are a young team that don't necessarily have any playoff experience, but they're getting it here in round one, and then in the next round, you know, they might have to amp it up a little bit, but I think they will. This is all just the growing pains of becoming – this is their first time being a true threat to the throne, and I really – I like Ja to answer the bell. He didn't shoot great last night. I don't expect that to be the case in these last next two games. But uh, maybe maybe it goes seven, but I, I, I just – Ultimately, I like the Grizzlies to win in either scenario. I'm on the Grizz, too, but I, I do think it will go seven. I think Minnesota will likely have another game in them. And I've been really impressed by the Timberwolves, and they're relatively young, too, and could have a potential future in the Western Conference. Sure. I mean, D'Angelo Russell, Patrick Beverly, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards is proving a lot of people wrong that there wasn't a bona fide number one in his draft including me. I don't know about that three-pointer taken yesterday in the final moments. Oof. But Chris Finch, I, 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 a lot of people doubted them bringing him in mid-season last year off the Raptors bench. He's been really, really good for them. I really like the direction the Timberwolves are going in. I think that they're too talented to not have another game left in them. They're the most... They're maybe the most live seven seed I've ever seen in the NBA playoffs since I've started watching them in terms of the, the, the pure amount of talent they have, you know, with a top 10 player in the league and a complement of, of surrounding cast that's very good as well. I think it does go to seven. But like you said, Trent, I'm on the Grizzlies. They're healthy, which is a luxury in these playoffs that we're it all is. of a sudden now seeing people are dropping going down like, like flies. Yeah, they are dropping like flies. But that series is going to be a lot of fun. The fact that we have four or three games to go is just a blast in my opinion and these playoffs have been a lot of fun but 
that this is going to be a, even more fun. That and the, the Pelican series. I got to shout out my pick. In or out, Joel Embiid is proving he's the rightful MVP. I'm so in on this. I know you guys aren't Sixers guys. You're not hardened guys. Joel Embiid was phenomenal this season, deserved the MVP. I don't know why Jokic is about to win it again. He's going to be, I don't. I think, the 11th back-to-back MVP ever, and the others are like LeBron and Michael Jordan and Bill Russell and Magic and Larry. It's like, what What, what are we doing here? We're just throwing, and I know Steve Nash did it too. That hasn't aged great, so I don't know why we're just throwing out MVPs to Jokic when we got a guy over here in Embiid. By the way, Jokic is about to get swept. Embiid was a, a, a bad quarter away last night from doing the sweeping. Embiid is... I you can make an argument that he's even better than Giannis, and I'm not I'm not gonna make that argument. But I, Embiid to me is firmly either number two or three in the world right now. He is clicking on all cylinders, and if Harden can figure it out, we'll give our finals predictions at the end of this uh, little segment here. But if Harden can get his crap together, uh, I think they're coming out of the East. Okay. So I'm I'm in on this. I think Embiid is the MVP, and he's proving it. He won't win it, but he should. I have a, I have a quick favor to ask here, Henry, and we'll fill so you can find this, but. The, the Philadelphia, and no teasers here because Henry will find this because he's a genius in, in radio magic, but the, the Philadelphia 76ers theme song is absolutely horrific. Henry is going to find it and play it on this radio program. It sucks. It sucks. I've never heard other it's NBA terrible. teams theme songs before. Henry, Henry's going to find this, and you, you guys are going to agree with me, but I agree with you, Trent, that he, even though I'm not a 76ers guy, has been... Completely owning up to it. I mean, the Hawks, after making a, a nice run in the play-in tournament, have been disappointing. I mean, they're not going to get a game. Yeah, here we go. This is terrible. Just, just take a listen to this for me. This is the Sixers song. Yeah. What's the context? Of, like, when do they, they play, play this, this when they win? I'm not. I'm it's, not this. it's not terrible. Wait I think it's kind of groovy. I'm, like, I'm oh. liking this. I, this not, is horrible. I, I like it. Okay. Henry, you're a music expert. What do you think of this song? I like Hanks it. Hanks into it, it. This has a groove to it's, it. It's got a good groove. This is horrible. If the Pistons had something like this, I'd be PO'd. Everybody I, in the studio is dancing other than I you right now, I think you're on Sloan. an island, Sloan. I like it. Here, here they come. Philadelphia. There's no creativity with these words. There's there no creativity with cheer. these words. There doesn't need to be. There's like Co- five wait, words. This is coming from the person that... What were we listening to on our way down yesterday? Hello, Detroit. Yes. Sounds great song. It's the same thing. <laughs> ah, I don't know. I, like I, it. I, I, don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Anyways, this, so this is, is horrible. This Everyone is in except for Luke. <laughs> Jay, so Jay hates this song. I guarantee he does. Oh, Henry loves this song. Dude, it's got some groove to really it. Might it. I, I think it's, this might have to go on the 1008 Albert playlist. <laughs> the next the next pregame. Wow. The next the next time we go to a local establishment, God, this, we're gonna listen to this before right before we leave. I'm so disappointed that you all like that song. I didn't love it, but it's not bad. I don't understand it's why kind you're of like hell bent. I don't know. I will say if, if, if I was a seventy sixers fan who went to the games and like they played that every time they won, I, I would be I'd be able to so electric. It's groovy. Clap your hands. And I'm, and I'm leaving the stadium, and I'm happy. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. very – man, we just won. We just got a big dub. We have a bunch of Philadelphia sympathizers here today, including uh, you, Trent. I do not like Philly, no. but I, I I, am in on this Philly team. Again, I don't even like Harden. You guys are, like, going to make me the, the, the Harden guy. I don't even want to be the Harden guy. I just think they can you're figure the Harden, it out. You're the Harden guy now. I guess I'm the Harden guy. <laughs> 
can't stand him, but I guess I'm the Harden guy. So anyway, Sloan. Trent is a Philadelphia 76ers guy. Sing that song. Sloan, you agree with me that Joel Embiid should win MVP? Absolutely. Matt, do you I, disagree? I want Giannis or Joel Embiid to win it. I don't care which one. Win. I, I'd be okay with Embiid winning it because he hasn't won it yet. Yeah. And I, he's had I just, a great year. I don't think it should be Jokic. I am in with that. Dude, I just, I don't want, I don't mean to spend so much time on this. And I don't mean to take things away from Nikola Jokic, but it's like, his argument, the argument for him is like the advanced analytics. And it's like, okay, at some point, I saw something like that a new I, age think baseball like, fan. I think like Bobby Portis is a higher PER this year than Lonzo Ball or some, something like that. It's like, you tell me who's the better basketball. I don't, I do not care about all this. At some point, the eye test kind of matters. And Jokic is getting bodied by Draymond Green in this series. So I just think. Yeah, Draymond at the five. Kind of a red flag. This, and people are like, oh, Trent, it's a regular season award. I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I, I also don't care. Joel Embiid had a great regular season. This reminds me of a scene from Moneyball. The, what? Well, oh, oh, the him, advanced him, analytics him, thing? Him talking about PER and the eye test. Yeah. Philadelphia. Listen, Joel Embiid <laughs> averaged 30, 12, and 6 this year. 76 on a on a better team so like are we going to in the last uh okay uh, we gotta move on i'm gonna spend too much time on it move on Trent is passionate about this i just, it, it could because i i care about these things i know i shouldn't because it doesn't really matter but these awards matter to me so when i gotta yeah. look back in 20 years and see that Nikola Jokic won back-to-back mvps and we're gonna look at it the exact same way we look at the steve nash situation like oh that team was kind of good very forgettable and it I, I don't know whatever good good for good for him good for Jokic in or out the Golden State Warriors will finish off Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets today so that game is at let me look let me pull it up here that game is at 10 o'clock no I'm not I'm never mind I'm way I'm way off here I uh, terrible radio 3 30 today 3 30 30 p.m I think it happens Warriors I think so too they've been bringing stuff off the bench they've been doing all this crazy stuff with that and kind of sleeping. they're they're lot especially with the the Booker injury they're live to win it all no they totally at are. least the West I, I think they can I think they will we'll get into that later but I think you know what that, out of that's gonna be an interesting debate if they were to go win it all the the whole Warriors dynasty you know Oh, it completely catapults Steph into yeah. like the top, maybe even ten ever. The, the whole Warriors dynasty slash, are they legit? Slash, what was that whole thing where they were down for a few years? Like, it would yeah. be a very interesting sports conversation. It'd be very interesting about Steve Kerr. I think that would. It, this is this is one of my favorite storylines in these playoffs. Actually, I think it might I, be I my favorite storyline in these playoffs. Is they're they're locked and loaded. I mean, they Jordan are. Poole, my goodness, is going to win Most Improved. Easily, he should easily. I easily Wolverine, and I know we're in Spartan country up here, but he's been outstanding. They, I mean, I give their brass credit too. Bob Myers they had two first round draft picks they used on Moody and, and Jonathan Kuminga. They really assembled a, a super team this year again. And Steve Kerr has handled this this Curry situation really well. Handled this Clay Thompson situation really well. They watched his minutes very closely. Draymond Green was able to get back into the fold. It'd be you know cool to see him maybe get another ring. In my opinion, looks but, like prime Draymond again. Like I'm not. I mean, not necessarily prime like Depoy Draymond, but like he's really very effective. He's the third best player on the court in the series. And I'll say this: I wasn't a Warriors guy at all when they were winning their titles. Not I. I didn't hate him at all, but I wasn't you know, floored when they were winning titles. No, I was a LeBron guy, so I was always against them. But I, like, I wouldn't hate if it was done this year by them. I, I'm I, not anti-Steph. I think, a lot of people are anti-Steph. I'm not. I'm not either. I think I, it, it has been cool to kind of see this revitalization, and it also says a lot about Kevin Durant, and I'll leave it at that. Ooh. That's all I got to say. Ooh. 
Oh boy. To that note, in or out, the Brooklyn Nets are frauds. So this was kind of I kind of put this on here as a joke because the term fraud is so like demeaning. You're a fraud. You know what I mean? Like, you, but they are. They are frauds all season long. I had to hear about. Uh, they they were they were title favorites, or or I think second best odds coming into this playoffs, and they were and they still had to go through the play-in tournament. So I don't. And I know they 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 waxed Cleveland, took care of business, did their thing. But like, I don't understand why people had such blind faith in a team that was never able to string together wins consistently all season. So, yes, the Brooklyn Nets are frauds. What say you, Luke Sloan? Look at the sign being held up behind you by Cam McLaren, who's a Knicks fan. Oh, God. He th- I-, I think they're also a fraud. Once again, taking a, holist- a holistic look at the entire season, I know that Kyrie didn't want to get vaccinated and then eventually was able to play and Kevin Durant was hurt and James There's Harden the was Harden fat saga and got and, traded. Yeah. Like There was a lot going on. But when everything kind of boils down, they they had championship expectations at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And now they're going to get swept in the first round after, you know, making their way through the play-in tournament. Yep. Big frauds. Much I, don't, like I don't the, think it's even close. Much like the Lakers season, it's like just a total failure. And it by... is next time, damn it. It's uh, next time. Oof. It is not. It is not next time. No. I, I don't. I, I, I would love for the Knicks to be good again because it's great for basketball. I don't see it happening. Every time the Knicks have like an option or like it an opportunity to like get better, they take the road less traveled and it bites them in the ass in the long run. So I, I don't know. Hence, case in point, this past season. Yeah. All right. And yeah. going out and thinking that Kemba Walker would be a good pickup. Out. <laughs> I just see. That's what I mean. I just don't understand that. And I know Julius Randle kind of did his thing last playoffs. Whatever. This is a completely different conversation. Thank you, Cam, for derailing us. Uh, <laughs> we can we can ask this last in or out question and then we can move on. Um. It's just kind of a joke, but Hank, you can you can take it away. In or out, watching the playoffs without LeBron is strange. As a LeBron guy, I think it's very weird that he's not in the playoffs, but I wanted your guys' take on this because I don't know if you saw his tweet about, like, oh, I am never missing the playoffs again. This sucks. Watching from my couch is awful. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But do you think it's weird or do you not really think about it? I, I think that the playoffs without the greatest player of all time is very strange. Yeah. It just – it just it, it, how it, – it, it, there's no world where it, it can't be strange. Yeah, it's I mean, just it's, odd. It's no Lakers, too, with all the expectations they had right. this year. I mean, wow. I mean, that's another big story. I mean, we didn't even get into them in this, but you talk about the Nets being frauds, the Lakers yeah, yeah. entering a pivotal Total offseason. failure. They were supposed to be here. I mean, this is back-to-back years when they've just been non-factors in the playoffs. So really, back-to-back playoffs-ish, because last year was an early exit without LeBron, has been extremely strange. So, I mean, I am very in on this. Very in. Matt? Oh, I'm so in. I love watching LeBron play. So Is he the, the greatest ne- of all time? He is. He is yeah. easily the greatest player of all time. My dad is yelling at me right now through the phone that he's listening on, but I'm, he's the best Come on, Mr. Time. Merrifield. He's just a kid from Akron. Just a kid from Akron. We're all kid from somewhere. Allie, do you watch playoffs? Do you watch NBA stuff much? Not that much. I honestly root for, like, in the playoffs. The like Pistons. Well. They're never in the playoffs. They're never in the playoffs. Not until next year. Um, I just root for whoever the, my favorite Spartan players in the playoffs are. And so are you, a, are you on the Grizzlies? Yes. Let's all right, go. Right. All right, I'll take it. I'll take but it. We're no, a Grizzlies but like, podcast. Yeah, LeBron is the greatest of all time, and it's weird without him. Wow. All right. Henry... You've been kind of quiet. I'm being quiet over here. J- Jada Costa yeah. is shaking his head. <laughs> no, no, I, I will say Pulls it's strange out. LeBron. I will, I will absolutely agree with that. That's no, That doesn't even seem right. I mean, because even last year when, you know, he was in the play-in tournament and got, you know, beat in, was it six games against the Suns in the first round? The Suns would obviously go on to make the finals. That was even weird, only having him for one round. But this year you don't get him at all. And it just kind of, 
the way his season just abruptly ended. Like, the Lakers were eliminated from contention, and then he didn't play the last, like, four games. It's like, oh, that sucks because LeBron was actually statistically having his best year since 2007, which is hard to even wrap your mind around. But anyways, that I just wanted to at least give that a little bit of limelight because I thought it's an interesting storyline. But that's all, I Philadelphia. guess. Philadelphia. I saw something the other day where Malik Monk is being, uh, tr- uh, like, Connected with the Pistons. I'm out on that. Oh, very I, I, of the I saw Colin Sexton was connected to the Pistons, and I oh threw up in goodness. my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Not not a good not a good move. If you want to set That'd the be a franchi- horrible move. If you want to pull an SVG and set the franchise back two seasons, go get Colin Sexton. Good idea. Okay. Let's so... go get a ball dominant guard who can't shoot and put him next to Cade. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful day in East Lansing. The ice is melted. The ice inside Mun Ice Arena, I think, is still intact. But the, the hockey program is, is not intact right now between the, 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 the bevy of transfers. And now the team is searching for a new coach. But there is reason for optimism. And we're going to get into that reason for optimism in just a moment with Mr. Cam McLaren, Knicks fan, who is going to join us live in studio to talk about the latest with Michigan State hockey and why there are some things to be excited about. Eight past the hour, Green and White Report on WDBM East Lansing. 89 FM, the music that matters. It is the end of the universe. One man stands alone in the barren wasteland. It's raining lava, and circling above are metal horses with three heads that breathe lightning. Skulls are everywhere. He raises his guitar to the sky. Every mountain explodes. And he refuses to listen to anything but the hours of power. Thursday nights at 10. Only on 88.9 The Impact. Slow down, you're driving too fast. Uh, all right, honey. Okay. My seat's cold. Turn off the AC. Hey, watch out for that red light. Oh, that's not really red. That's just the warning light. It's fine. We're almost there anyway. Look out for that bicycle. Laser car Tuning humans, why is it that you cannot seem to operate your motor vehicles safely? Next time, there may not be a giant robot around to prevent imminent disaster. Oh, put me down! And you, with the pedal-driven two-wheeled apparatus, why did you not guarantee the crosswalk was clear before you entered? I, uh... And where is your helmet? Human brains do not have a standard factory part number and cannot be easily replaced. For tips on optimal survival strategies while biking, you should visit bikes.msu.edu. I will put you down now. Now I'm gonna be late for P-Knuckle. A message from 89FM. Impact 89FM. Bringing you sports updates this Sunday and every Sunday. This is the Impact Sports Update. Welcome to the Impact Sports Update here on GNW. In, M- in MSU Sports, the baseball team fell to Northwestern 14-2 in Evanston on Saturday, dropped to 15-20 on the season. In Detroit Sports, the Tigers split the day-night doubleheader on Saturday, winning 13-0 and losing 3-2 with Miguel Cabrera recording his 3,000th hit in his first at-bat of the game. The Red Wings fell to the Penguins 7-2 at Little Caesars Arena. They'll be back in action against the Devils at 1 o'clock. This has been your GNW Sports Update. Welcome back to the Green and White Report. We're thrilled to be joined live in studio by our very own hockey beat reporter, now football beat reporter as well, Mr. Cam McLaren. Cam, did you have a good Saturday on a beautiful day in East Lansing? Oh, it was a beautiful day. 
I, I am still not getting over the, the, the sunshine, the, the warm weather. It was like my own little slice of Texas for a day besides the humidity and like the triple degree heat or yeah, triple degree heat. So did you get beautiful. sunburned like the rest of us? No, but there were some people that looked like Larry the Lobster yesterday that really could have used some some sunscreen. Stop so. talking about me and Jay and Trent. Yeah. I love how like uh, I love I just love how dumb college kids are. I just love it. I love embracing it. And I guess I can only do that for another two weeks, and then I gotta kind of get my poop group here. But Invincibility. I'm so sad. I, I just, I just love how like we're just like, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna put on sunscreen, even though the UV index is ten, and I'm gonna go sit in the outfield for two games and just have it beat down on my shoulders, and then not be able to move the next day and get get upset with myself. Allie Cohen didn't get burned. We're in the north, okay? We're in the north, so the UV is probably like at most eight. All right. That's true. You, you got, it you doesn't, got, it doesn't got, hit double digits. It, yeah. So you, you got you got it lucky there. Of Context course, there, there were some other yes. things that I, I knew that you were doing yesterday, but not wearing sunscreen is one of them. But sure. some other things that I thought were questionable practices. I regret nothing. I don't blame you. I wouldn't either. <laughs> I regret nothing. It's a it's a healthy practice to live life with no regrets. You either wouldn't change anything. You baby. either have fun or you learn or you don't learn. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> not learning. Fun. Live and learn. Oh, that's a very good segue. Hey, I'm very good at this. A lot of people probably wonder why we're talking Michigan State hockey here in almost May. Well, and that is because there was a very surprising, in my opinion, coaching change. Not surprising because of the results that were on the ice, but surprising because of the timing. Yes. Michigan State Athletic Director Alan Haller waited, shout out Alan Haller, waited about three, four you know, weeks to after the hockey season and after many players transferred out and many players transferred in and really uh, an assistant coach was dismissed. Really the flow of the offseason was establishing itself. And then he dismissed the man in charge of all that, Danton Cole, head coach of Michigan State Hockey. I was shocked by the timing, not necessarily shocked by the, the decision to let him go just because of the results over the last really couple of seasons. But Cam... Are you shocked about the the result? Are you shocked about the timing? Are you shocked about one more than the other? And really, just your overall reaction to what transpired over this past week or so here at Mon in, in East Lansing. So Dan Cole in his exiting press conference, um, not he had that, one? not that exiting press conference, <laughs> oh. uh, the season-ending press conference, said that there would be no stones left unturned. Well. As Sam Scalar, a buddy of mine and state news uh, representative said, you know, the biggest biggest stone was turned over. So for me, the decision to dismiss Mr. Danton Cole was coming. Um, I had heard reports from multiple people that there were some meetings that were ensuing during the final few weeks of his tenure here at Michigan State. Um, Personally speaking, Mr. Mr. Cole was... A you top, sound like he, a lawyer or something, no, Mr. Cole. He was he was a top class gentleman, to the point where no matter what, I asked I asked him for some off like off the cuff weird questions sometimes, some you know weird statistics that, I mean he told me just don't post them, but I mean, he was a very nice guy. Now on the ice it could have been a different matter. And I went to I've, daughter with or I went to high school with his daughter. Well, good for Great you. Great family. So for me, I think that to be honest, he is a top class person. And I wish him the best of luck because no matter what, he will be behind an NHL bench at some point. I know he will. He's he's that good of a person and that good of a coach. It's just the system that he had in Michigan State. He didn't not the system didn't work for the type of hockey that the kids that were brought in were playing. 
Now, you can try and play Jeff Jackson-style hockey like they do at Northern Dame, but you have to have the players that can actually play it. And Cole, I'll give him credit, took this program from a dumpster fire to a dumpster kindling, (laughs) I would say. The great extinguisher, Dayton Cole. I mean, not fully extinguishing soda on the fire. Not fully extinguishing the fire, but you know, less than less than a California wildfire at this point. So, uh, I'll give him credit. But for me, that's just my my take. Um, I wish him nothing but the best. He was always a really good guy to me. Um, And those are always the hardest ones. Exactly. It's hard to separate. You gotta you gotta separate them, and I think that's what Matt's argument is, and we'll bring him in in a bit. But Cam, you can go ahead and finish. I mean, your, no, and he the thing goes is like he, he always showed up well to too, he always you know, showed up to me. media. Yeah. There are, there are coaches in this world that don't do that, especially following like getting absolutely walloped at Michigan, won't show up to the media, or you know just getting absolutely creamed in Notre Dame, don't show up to the media. He did. He showed up every single time, and I give him credit. Because there's a there's especially because it's college hockey, it's so niche. Like there's literally possibly eight people at press conferences. Like not gonna lie, there's like eight of us. So he could easily just say, you know what, I'm not doing this today. But he did because there's other coaches that have possibly worn a suit and tie and sat behind the bench of a Michigan State hockey game that didn't show up to media. Tom and Ashes. so like. I will give him credit. Now, mind you, I will say this. You probably agree with this, Mr. Merrifield, but the timing is very, was very suspect. Very bad. I would agree Very with that. suspect. Because I, I told a few people after the fact, I said, look, once you're getting all these transfers in, they had to have known. You don't come in to a dead man's ship. Like, that's just, it was that's like just the, how it is. So it sounds like it was the, 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 the worst uncapped secret or the worst it was the worst kept secret in all of these yeah, things. Exactly. It's obviously like, these players and, and chris longo or somebody knew that he was out but somebody was somebody had to board. have known so like Who's honestly i i don't really it you can uh, it's just no it wasn't me were you I don't, recruiting I, these players i don't I, I barely go on twitter i'll take that as a no <laughs> i barely go on twitter but no the timing was the very questionable thing for me i understand getting rid of exter understandable and I don't. I, His I hair thought, was great. Oh, I mean, besides that, he just wasn't that good of a recruiter, according to a lot of people. But I thought Cole would help a lot of that with being the main man in recruiting because it seemed like he had wanted to be a bigger part of that. And then Cole gets dismissed like two weeks later. So I have a question about. So obviously we're bringing a lot of guys in. Have an answer. We also had that part of that's because we had we had a lot of guys leave. If we, or if, sorry, if MSU decided that they dismissed Danton Cole Tuesday after they got walloped by Michigan at Yost, do some of those guys like Nodler not leave? Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) I will say this. That was confident. Say this. No. Okay. That's fair, because that's the only thing I was worried about. I know of at least one player who would still be in a green and white uniform next year if it wasn't for Dan Cole. At, At least, least one. one? Okay. At least one out of the seven. So odds are there's got to be a couple more. I'm not, we're not reporting that. We're just, yeah, yeah, two or three more. I, I don't know. I just, is that is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Okay. Interesting. From conversations that I've had with some people, there have been some people that have specifically said that they 
did not feel valued i would say i'm not trying to like speak out of the horses no, that, you know what but a, yeah. it's that's so that that's my understanding of there are a few people that i would assume that would still be at enrolled at michigan state university so can um, I, barring a different barring a head coaching change earlier i want to ask you this then uh you know obviously we we have a big picture here that we have to zoom out and kind of look at there are some people that would say this is a long time coming there are some people that would say it's long overdue what would you say to those people as someone who kind of wanted him back, correct? Yes. Yeah, so I would say you got what you wanted. Okay. Now, what happens after? What's next? Is that's where that's what you what what is your what is your floor? At Please this God, point? Mike Hastings. Because that, my friend, was a uncalled for, and me and B. <laughs> A snowball's chance in hell. Well, <laughs> okay, okay. Well, hold on. So, so, hey, so, so walk us through. So, so here's my thing. Walk us you through have, how you expect this process to so go. So, with everything going on, because COVID sucks, all right? Everybody's got that blanket waiver. Everybody's got the one time from now on. for, for It is so, a weird it, time for college well, athletics. So yeah. I, I, I've talked about this because we all have had um, a class here at Michigan State that forces us to write an opinion essay. Mine was over COVID and college hockey. So, like, this is my this is right in my wheelhouse. So, you get the blanket waiver to the, the one-time – instant play which applies to all sports now forever until the portal ends or until you know the sun takes over and burns us all to shreds oh no i know right scary there's actually there's a few movies where apparently the sun runs out of juice and we have to go and juice it up so existential doom exactly i mean i'm halfway there i got cooked yesterday oh my god you did you did get cooked that's all right shove my face in the french fry fryer (laughs) it'll be a tan soon so that's okay so the thing is is the next at least two years is going to be plug and play. It's going to be getting guys on one year eligibility, getting guys that are, you know, still in the uh, USHL, possibly waiting another year, possibly getting some few people from the NA, uh, wherever you want to get your kids from. It's just going to be so weird. The climate's going to be so weird for the next two years that, like, it's like right now, Michigan State has a goalie that is committed but not signed yet and is probably not going to sign until next year. Is it Luca? Yeah. Okay. So that's the reason why you get um, the kid from Cornell in the right. transfer portal mm-hmm. because you need a third goalie. You need Charleston to be able to have like at least one rest day out of every four games. Not gonna lie, the kid from Cornell is not gonna play much. It's Charleston's net to lose. It's a it's a typical one A two A because the kid can play. Um, so the problem is, is that everybody wants Mike Mike Hastings. I was gonna say I may have jumped the gun a little bit on that one, you, but everybody I want Mike wants Hastings it. so bad. Number one, and a lot of people told me they're like they're gonna have to fork over a lot of money, and I'm like, Ishbia, too many, yeah. Ishbia, too many Ishbias in this world. So I mean, money is not an issue; it's fit. Now, if they don't renew his contract at Minnesota State, I don't know why they wouldn't. So, to me, I think Hastings is like a shot out of left field. Um, the other candidates, I'm just looking at a piece off of sport, not Sports Center, but something like that. Uh, Eric Lang, AIC, took that program out of the mud, brought it to a, uh, like, oblivion or not. Hmm. Perennial contender to win their conference and be in the Frozen Four. Essentially, AIC is a very good school now, like in terms of hockey. Is he, in, in is he more division. of a 
Is he more so of a less of a long shot than Hastings? So Eric Lang, the coach there, even more of a long shot, just because I don't think they get rid of him at AIC, or they. Uh, I don't. I don't see the like. I understand the lore, but the problem is, is that this is going to have to be not necessarily a safe hire, but somebody that if if things go sideways, then you have then you can you know have your have your merits and that's why you've got that profile picked out on your little phone and i saw that no because number one he is going to be that guy and the guy that we are talking about is adam nightingale no so you think he has the most realistic shot if adam nightingale is not the head coach of michigan state hockey next year i may just like have to jump in a river of some so, kind. So you're you are putting your money the right to your is right by here. I know. So you you are I'm you, holding you to that. You are so confident that he will be the next head coach of Michigan State. It's Hockey. a safe hire is the problem. I, I've talked to a few people and are you, are you cool with that? Do you like the safe hire? I like it because same tr- everybody's gonna be perennially perennially pissed off about this hire because it's almost the exact same resume as Dan Cole. But he did coach at Shattuck St. Mary in Minnesota. Get the Minnesota kids. Which is a factory. It's just a factory. (laughs) Those kids show up and they're going to be first round picks anyways. He doesn't do anything with, he doesn't do anything with, I don't want to say that. I don't want to call out Nightingale because he probably is a great hockey coach. I know his family. Well, Cam, let me ask you, like if you, if you, if you want, change in the program don't you need to at some point take the leap of faith on somebody there exactly, are rumors swirling that they want an established college coach but is nightingale in your opinion an established college coach no, he has the experience or i think he does he might let me look at this article real quick but i, I don't know i mean there's really a lot of rumors out. going around and i know you so, and i have talked about this cam there's a lot of people with a lot of thoughts and a lot of people who have sort i mean there's a lot of there's, there's, there's a lot people of people that there's people that have a voice that possibly shouldn't. Okay. Because I that's I've, cryptic. I've talked to a few. I've talked to at least one player who had said that they wanted a certain coach, and the idea was immediately shot out of the water by some people. I'm not gonna go out and say it because no, you don't have, have to. A, Just give us job. the gist. I have a job to do. Um, I have people in the hockey department that I love. And would die for. They're they're great people. It's going to be a safe hire, and for Michigan State hockey fans, they have to be okay with it being a safe hire, because there needs to be the plausible deniability of you know if things go sideways of having that culpability. So to me, I am personally fine with Adam Nightingale. The resume speaks to itself. He's a USNTDP coach. You know the U18s. He's going to recruit the European style. The problem is, is that he it's going to have to be a different style of hockey than what Dan Cole had, and that's kind of really easy to replace because you can't just play dump and chase hockey anymore. The NHL is not suited to dump and chase hockey. There's a few teams that can execute it well. Peter but... Boer does it. Exactly. I hate it. Well, Cam, so before we break, we're going to break here in about three minutes. We're going to talk NFL draft stuff on the other side, but I want to ask you, how should the Danton Cole era be remembered at Michigan State? I'm trying to think. B- better than where he looked. Better think. than don't, what don't, he don't inherited. Don't say what the people want to hear. Be- better say than what, what he think. inherited. Okay. Because you go from frozen fours to just getting absolutely walloped in the CC 
So yes, I would say from dumpster fire to dumpster kindling. So you so, think okay? So now there's more damage control to be done, and you think Nightingale can be that guy? Yes. Yes or no? Yes. yes. Okay. I think he can be. The thing is, is that Michigan State fans are going to have to be comfortable and with patient. it taking at least two years. Patience. Because once COVID, once the COVID waivers and the blankets wear off, we return to normalcy. That's when everything starts to return to normal because there's it's college hockey is so niche to where if somebody comes in from the outside, they have no clue what the nuances it are about this sport. It is so weird because you have 21-year-old freshmen, 18-year-old freshmen. You have a team like Michigan with 13 overall with yeah, 13 like draft 25-year-old guys. With, is that allowed, yes, Mel Pierce? Yes, because what? Garrett Van Wy was 25. Yep. You can play juniors until you're 21. Exactly. So you have that's that's five why Jesse years was, after that. Jesse was 21. So I smell corruption. Well, no, that's just how college. <laughs> that's just, just how, how hockey is. It, this and is people, very weird. To people me. on the outside just don't understand it. There, there's so many nuances with it where you can literally be committed to a university for three years and still not be able to sign because there's so many people up in front of you. So for me, Danton left the program better than where he found it. The results don't say so, but the Big Ten is the Big Ten. When you have f- almost three or four teams that could be in the Frozen Four in any given year, like. Come on. You're a top two conference. The only one that beats you is the NCHC because Western decided to be very good this year. So, so Cam Broncos. has faith. And the, and the optimist in me say says, oh, you should have faith too. All you and and my listen. last one is, is, in your opinion, and I do have faith. I mean, I, I'm hoping for a home run higher in this instance, but I don't know if we're necessarily going to get it like you said. But quickly, as we finish things up here, your top reasons for faith, if you had to just kind of list them out, would be... Blank, blank, and blank. You still have a plug-and-play system. You're going to get an entirely different new style of hockey. That and Mun is getting renovated. That's you're getting, big. You're That's getting big. A, yep. You're getting not necessarily a brand-new facility, but big you're getting recruiting. something new. And talking to a lot of people out in the hockey world, in the USA hockey world, getting that addition is huge because a lot of people have played here and said it is a crapshoot be in this building i love mine. so i i love I I lo- as a fan i like the old style barn like there's a plenty of better college rinks western that, is beautiful there's a place i forgot where it is but like they actually have like church like seating no, miami, miami no, ohio is just really it's nice not miami um they have pews <laughs> pews in the stadium yes yeah. yes do they have so, books? but no like i Mun being renovated is huge for three years down the road when everything returns to normal and recruiting takes a big hit for Michigan State because you can only get you can only strike luck in the transfer portal so so often. I don't know if anybody whose last name is Walker in the NCAA hockey transfer portal. So I mean, you could get Kenneth Walker, you could get Tyson Walker, and you can get I forgot the kid for baseball. He wasn't in the transfer portal, but I, I understand that there's a kid from baseball with the last name Walker. I don't think there's anybody Zaid with the last name Walker. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm there, I don't think there's anybody with uh, the last name Walker because I think the last one that I knew was Sammy Walker, and I think he graduated. So. Johnny Walker. I was just going to say Walker. Johnny Walker. <laughs> Shout out. Might have some of that later. <laughs> don't don't we, oh, we? We love Johnny. Actually, there is a guy named Johnny Walker. He played for Arizona State. In hockey? Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Does he have any eligibility? Bring him in. He Bring might. Him. I, I'd be very interested in bringing him in. Actually, wait, no. I think he graduated from Arizona State oh, last year. It. Future Red Wing. I, I'm in. I'm, I'm in, in on it. That. Get a get a Johnny but Walker yeah, Red uh, Wings jersey. Safe hires and Mun renovations. So okay. Cam, so thank you. Yeah. No, this yes. was great. We 
obviously we had you on a lot this year. There's been a ton going on. You know, the, the, the demise of the program at the end of the year was really something fascinating to follow. And then this, how this played out was fascinating too. So we appreciate you because you're so plugged in giving all of us the information that we needed because this is a, still a very intriguing process. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if you guys want me to leave the show. I mean, I could no, talk no. I could talk about NFL draft stuff. No, I could stick I around. could talk about NCAA March Madness even though I don't know a lick about college stick, basketball sometimes. You can make some like, gambling picks here in about Oh, let's go. 13 minutes. Yeah, we'll bring you back for gambling corner. All right, we got lots more on tap. We're going to take a quick break. All the, draft, the draft is Thursday and as Lions fans, there's a lot to be excited about. So we're going to get into that. We're going to make gambling corner picks. We're going to deliver winners for the first time in two weeks. 32 past the hour, green and white report. 89FM, the music that matters. Are you finding it harder to wake up in the morning? Coffee just not doing the trick lately? Morning commute putting you in a bad mood before work? Stress no more. Impact's here to make your mornings a little brighter with AMs on 89. Join our hosts, Taylor and Luke, as they cover the latest news headlines, current happenings, and trending topics that you want to hear about. AMs on 89, every Monday morning from 8 to 10 a.m., only on 88.9 The Impact. Oh yeah, this is happening. This is happening. All right, we won the game. Lift on three. One, two, three. No, hey, guys, why why you bring me outside? <laughs> what if it rains? My bolster is not built to hold up in the rain. The I mean, it's cold out here. I don't I don't think I'm supposed to be out in the okay, street. Okay. Let's drop here. Got the gas. Wait, what do, you, what do you got over there? Go, 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 go. Oh, what is this? Oh, it smells awful. Why are you doing this? Remember all the times we spent together? Just me and you and the occasional special guest, as you called them? All the time we spent playing Mario Kart and watching Netflix together? What? Does that mean nothing to you? Wait, wait, don't come near me with that. That's really hot. Ow! Why are you doing this? The couch I made for sitting in comfort. Spartan teams are bound to win. Don't rally around the wrong thing. You could get kicked out of the Spartan family and blow your chances of landing that dream job. Celebrate safely and focus your heat on that special friend, not your upholstery. Brought to you by the MSU Celebrations Committee. Last couple segments, Green and White Report. We're rocking out here on another beautiful Sunday. The sun is out. We've all had a fantastic weekend. Trent, any any words about this? Horns up, man. Motley Crue. Motley effing crew. Greatest rock greatest hair metal band of all time. That's that's no debate. Ooh. I think you could talk about, you know, like other No. Motley Crue, best hair metal band of all time. And they're blacklisted for a bunch of BS reasons, and I love Motley Crue. So what are your opinions then over like Def Leppard and Tesla? Oh, I love Def Leppard, but they're just not nearly as heavy as this. Like, name a Def Leppard song that starts like that. You know what I mean? Shot out of a cannon. There is none. I mean, I will say this. Henry definitely agrees. I know that. I love Motley Crue. I'm a huge Motley Crue guy. Underrated Def Leppard song is Stage Fright. That that song gets me going. Good album. I like uh, Love Love Bites by Def Leppard. That's my number one Def Leppard. Which one? Love Bites? Love Bites. Love Bites, Love Bleeds. Love Bleeds, Love Dies. Is it bringing you down on your knees? Yes, it is. Oh no, I don't know. I don't. I'm trying to think of the lyrics quickly. <laughs> Henry, are it's you, no surprise. Henry's a Motley Crue guy. Henry, Henry's DJ Henry is having a great day behind the glass. Appreciate it, fellas. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to serve alongside you. 
God, I love you, Hank. <laughs> Henry is a member of the Don't Motley Don't go to crew. Thailand. Screw Thailand. <laughs> yeah, they don't deserve here. you. I'm going to the Korean Wet Report. Yes. Committed. Commitment graphic. You're not committed for three years like some of these college hockey players. You're committed now. Okay, so the... <laughs> <laughs> Hanging and banging. The, the NFL draft is Thursday. It finally, is Thursday. Finally. After weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Can we of talk about that? Because like I, I love I I totally respect I love that, the buildup. Well, I respect that the NFL is king and it's always gonna be king. So like the NFL draft stuff, but like, dude, when it's January and we're not even to the we're, I mean, we just finished the college football playoff and we're not even through with the NFL playoffs, we're already talking about where Kmart Thibodeau is going to get drafted. I am so in I on get, that. I get so nauseous and sick of it. So it's finally here. I love the NFL And this draft is a pivotal draft for the Detroit Lions. Oh, it's big. So we got to get into it. Number two and number 32 in the first round. And your first question, we're just going to go. Brad Holmes' top priority in this draft, I'm assuming as a whole... Should be what for you? Defense I has to be agree. because when you look at the offense, they could back to back it in the first round. They could, they could, and I, I do think you need a receiver in this draft. But that's about it, man. I mean, you have a great old line. Jonah Jackson was a, a Pro Bowler this past season. Penny Penny Sewell was fantastic. You know, you have Big V, who is of course overpaid because that's uh, that that's uh, Bob Quinn for v. you. But you've got. The pieces up front. Then you've got TJ Hawkinson, the top five tight end in the league. You've got Amon Ross St. Brown, who came on strong at the end. You've got Jamal Adam, or Jamal Adams, Jamal Williams, and DeAndre Swift, which I think is a very, very underrated duo in, uh, in the backfield. So you have the pieces on offense. Defense is where you got to raise some eyebrows. You signed Deshaun Elliott, so I do think Kyle Hamilton's off the board now for the Lions. I don't think he's going to be the guy. That pushes Will Harris into that third kind of spot. AJ Parker. Better at corner. So, so you. You got better back there. You're going to get healthier. You're going to get Aquara back. You're going to get uh, Jeff Okuda back, which I think is huge. But other than that, I mean, you need a little bit of a push up front, and I think you need another linebacker. So I, I it's got to be defense, defense, defense for this team. Got to get a pass rusher, in my opinion. So over the last couple weeks, I have really solidified my stance on number two, and it needs to be Thibodeau. Okay. It needs to be Thibodeau. I'm not. Off, I'm not off that, but I. The the Trayvon Walker talk is getting and and the like. I am when I think about Malik Willis or Trayvon Walker at that spot, my blood just boils. Well, Go and make the pick and make it Walker. We'll talk Willis later, but I think that has sort of fizzled out. I I think that's agree. off the board now. For the, I'm not, Trayvon I don't say off Walker the though is live, yes. and I am out on that well there's rumors let's talk about Thibodeau for a second because there's rumors that you know he's not really a Dan Campbell guy Dan Campbell doesn't not not a huge fan I think Brad Holmes is and I think there's conversations there going on and look you can talk about Thibodeau's motor whatever uh he would instantly come in and be a top five player on your defense as a rookie and easily and and you can have the best secondary in the world doesn't matter if you can't get to the quarterback now I know the Lions don't have a great uh either pass rush or secondary but Sloan, I kind of agree with you. I'm at that point now with the Lions where it's like I think the pick needs so to be an is, edge rusher. Is it Thibodeau or bust for you? Because no, in because... terms of the edge rushers, for me it is because I am very concerned about Trayvon Walker's production in college. I know that people are talking about the measurables, and he's he's been that he's sexy the, he's person the combine, who's blown up yes. the draft boards. He's the combine baby. Everyone after, loves him. I mean, he was a borderline first-round pick after the college football playoff when George won the national championship. Now he's up to number two. I mean, I'm looking at a CBS mock draft that was just published today, 
they have Trayvon Walker at number two because it says, oh, Dan Campbell likes those nasty players and Walker has the physical tools that might be giving Detroit a must-needed upgrade up front and off the edge. But to the Lions, I say this. I know that a lot of people are talking about Trayvon Walker not being a quote-unquote kind of Dan Campbell system fit with this team, but take a swing here in my opinion. I know that there are some question marks surrounding Thibodeau, but he had more production in college. The physical tools are all there just like Trayvon Walker, you know, nastiness aside. He Thibodeau is the play in my mind, and if it means that, that Dan Campbell needs to take a little bit of a swing, because like you said, I think Holmes is more in on him, then, then take that swing in my opinion. My thing is I am not Thibodeau or bust because I'm not in love with him, but I'm also not in love with anybody. This draft, the one thing the Lions can't do at two is pick Sauce Gardner. If they pick Sauce Gardner, this this CBS oh draft, oh my I saw. god, I I that is the one pick that will send me through the roof. They could pick Malik Willis and I'd be fine. If they pick Sauce Gardner, I'm out. I am not not out, but I'm gonna be hard on the guy because you just the only team to pick a cornerback in the last in, in the top three in the last decade is your Detroit Lions. Pick Jeff Okuda in 2020 at number three overall. It so if, not if they do that oh, same man, thing, and Jeff Okuda now has as many jersey number changes as he is uh, passes defensed, I think I saw. Gonna wear number one this year. Shout out free Hefe. But free, free I'm still I'm still on Okuda. Like I think if he stays healthy, he'll finally start to take that step. But I just don't. Oral Warrior showed you something last year. Jerry Jacobs showed you something. You don't need Sauce Gardner at two. And I like his moxie I love and his, his swagger. Nickname. But anyways, I go back to this. I just I'm not in love with anyone here, so I'd take Walker. You know, I'm not off Walker like you are. Yeah, that, to, to it, answer your next question, it, you put this on the sheet. Is there any player that would make you absolutely lose your mind at number yeah, two? And, and, and Walker is is, is he's that, that for, for you. Me. What about you? Do you like Walker more than Sauce Gardner? I do. I'm guessing Gardner is your player. That you that's my guy. That if we pick him, I will be. Well, I will have some serious questions. Trent, would you be more angry if they took Gardner or if they took a, one of the tackles? Oh, they, I don't love the tackle thing, but I I, I take a tackle. They, over they, Gardner. The Lions have I, yes, drafted. I agree with that. The Lions have drafted very well on the offensive line my entire life. So I I would be except for like in like in Tomlinson out. The Giants but, can't draft an offensive lineman. Oh no. Shout out Andrew Thomas. Sad Giants hour. But I just I so I'd be fine with a tackle. I just like I said, it would be different, guys, if we had a consensus number one guy. It's like a no-brainer. That's who the Lions need to pick. There isn't that. There isn't there hasn't been that this entire process. Everyone thought Thibodeau was gonna go number one, and then the combine sort of happens, and now it's Hutchinson's gonna go number one, and then it's like Thibodeau's gonna be available. Is he a Dan Campbell guy? There's so many questions. It's a carousel of the same stuff over and over and over and over and over again. I don't really care who you pick. I really don't. If you can I've, move down, go for it. I don't think anyone wants to move up. So there's, I guess the point I'm trying to make is this draft is deep in the middle. It is very, very, very not top heavy compared to drafts we've seen recently. So at two, I don't think you can go wrong unless you pick a corner. I don't, I, I don't even understand the logic there. No, it, especially considering the improvements that their defensive backs had last year, Jerry Jacobs is coming back healthy. I just think there's I much mean, better need for a pass rusher. Am I, I wrong? No, I can. Or even a quarterback you. for the future. If you want I'm, to try to swing on Willis. You see, I'm in a little bit more of a tough spot mentally because I have built myself up over the last two weeks for no Willis, no Walker, no Gardner, nobody but Thibodeau. I do this to myself every draft. I did it last year with Sewell because I was not in on wide receiver last year at all. Yeah. And this definitely happens to me every draft. 
and it is, yes, polarizing, but we'll see how this plays out. We got a show next Sunday. There's going to be a lot to talk about. Oh, yes. But for me, if it's anybody but Thibodeau, I'm not going to be pleased. And I'm, I'm, I'm just going to put that out there right now. I give you a lot more credit because you're a lot more open-minded in this situation than me. Well, I just don't love any of these prospects. That's what it is. I even, don't love even Thibodeau Hutchinson, either. If, if something crazy happens and, you know, the Jaguars do go with one of those tackles and then... We'd have to root for him. And, no, no, I, I'd be fine with that, though, Hutchinson. No, I'm fine yeah. with Hutchinson, but I just don't... <laughs> Says I'm not no. sold on no. him. I you know, I'm not. I'm not sold Alex. on him. He's got a short wingspan. There's questions. He didn't show up against Michigan State. He didn't. You know, get, he didn't show up against Georgia. There's like questions with all of these guys. There's no home run. Like for example, Sloan, when the Lions picked Ndamukong Su, was it second overall? In, yes. In, in, that was a no-brainer home run swing. Everyone knew what was happening. You don't have that this year. And not I just even close. And so so I'm okay. That's I why mean, I'm ultimately okay opening up. You know Pandora's box as far as who to pick. Just please don't pick a corner. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to be very unfair to the guy if we do draft him because every time he's even in the zip code of of a big play, I'm going to be pissed off, shirt off, throwing things. I love sauce because we nickname. Picked, great nickname. We picked Okuda at three. Hasn't panned out, and again, I'm going to be patient with him. Ooh. But if you then turn right around two years later and pick a guy at two at the same position. It's just like, what are we doing? But let's talk about 32. So my, my like, top three for 32 are Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks is my Lewis dream Seen, And George Pickens. Okay. If they can come away with one of those guys, I'm down to double down on safety. Even though they got Deshaun Elliott, we'll see if he's a future piece. I think he could be. But I, I like a lot with Lewis Seen. But wide receiver is, is what I have been dialed in on with this pick. I wouldn't hate doubling down on defense, but... Burks, Pickens is my number one. I think his combination of size, speed, the, the the some of the performances he put up last year, Pickens to me is my number one. But I love Traylon Burks too. I know you're more of a Burks guy. Oh yes, I'm. They they should both be there. Initially for me, it was Drake London. He shot up draft. Yeah, boards. well, I, I've seen Burks go as early as 23 in some of these mock drafts. Which so there's it, really it could happen, too. and it could. But yeah. for a guy who's 6'3", 225, and he he's in the slot. I mean, I, I I love that because what you can then do is move St. Brown out and take a little pressure off Hawkinson. I, ha, poor Hawkinson, man. I mean, he had a rough year last year just because he's getting doubled every time. There's no one to take any of that attention away. You sign DJ Shark. I do think you're one receiver away. So, Sloan, I agree with you. At either 32 or 34, it's got to be a receiver. And I'm in lockstep with you that the other one, whichever one you don't pick a receiver in, has to be a safety. And I and I it'd just be, it'd be a power play if they could get seen at thirty four and yeah. Pickens at thirty two in my mind. Yep. But or Bell out of Purdue. What about a Jabo at thirty two? He won't yeah, be because also, it's being talked about. Oh, that's right. It's being talked. It's it's being talked about. Some people are saying they could double down on pass rush. I wouldn't necessarily hate it. It'd be a little bit of a risk. I don't know if the Lions would take it. It just goes back to the to the principle, Sloan, and I agree with you, of just defense, defense, defense. That's the answer for the Lions in this draft. It has to be, and I trust Brad Holmes enough to think that that will be the play. Plus, what are the odds one of these picks is on the move? Because that... They yeah. don't, they're not going to trade down from two. Well, so let's talk about the Debo Samuel thing. Let's talk they about that. They could be on the move to San Fran. Do you think Debo Samuel gets moved on draft night, or do you think it happens beforehand? Because picks are going to be involved. Monday, I think, happen, it Monday. happens. Monday. I, I know there's not a ton of buzz right now, but I think it's pre, I think it's a pre-draft trade. So you think it happens like tomorrow or, or, or this week leading up? By the way, I'm going to be at Ford Field for the draft. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm going with Ryan Rabinowitz, friend of the program. M- Monday, or t- Monday or Tuesday, Debo's got a new home. I and think it so, might too. be the I- Jets. 
it, it sounds like it sounds like it's going to be the Jets, Lions, or Packers. Those are the three teams. By the way, it's adorable to me that the Packers think they even have a snowball's chance in hell. They're so cute. I, I just don't. I. It's like, dude. You don't have the money. You don't have the resources. What? Oh, we're gonna throw it in there. I just, I, I don't. I, it's disgusting. I put that aside. Neither here nor there. I digress because we have other questions to get to. So, are you saying he gets dealt before or after the draft? I'm gonna say before. I'm with you. I think early it happen- this week. I think, I think, I think it happens it's early Tuesday or yeah. Wednesday. I, I think he's a Jet. Then it has to be the Jets because they have the most. They have the most cap space. They're, they have. They have a stockpile of picks too. They have tons of cap space. They do have tons of. The picks because of the. I mean, it could, they could trade uh, one the of their idiot. top ten picks. My, so only, my only question with that, and I'm not saying the Lions have a better situation, but I think if the given the 49ers front office, they like to do right by their players. I don't think Debo wants to touch the Jets, and I'm not saying he would. I'm not saying he'd rather go to the Lions or anything. I'm just saying like, if if Debo has any say in it, he doesn't. He's not going to play with Zach Trent, Wilson. That's not happening. Trent, there aren't many. Yeah, he, fran- he just did that with Jimmy. You know what I mean. There aren't many franchises but, that I would say are worse than the Lions, but the Jets are one of them. Yeah. They're an absolute dumpster <laughs> fire. J-E-T-S. Jets. Jets. So, Jets. If I was Debo, obviously you'd want to go to the Packers, but I don't. that's just not possible. They don't I, have like, money. Can't, so at well, that point, the, at this, I don't see why Unless Rodgers takes a pay cut, which he won't. Right. Got, unless got they got ri- get rid of everybody, which they have. Aaron Rodgers, you prickly no, loser. There's <laughs> no money. The thing, like, And the thing was is like, Debo's would actually be able to go to a system that's head. I forgot the head coach's name, and it's Robert Sala. Yeah, former 49ers guy. Why yeah. wouldn't you defensive guy though? I will it's, say this. I will Mike say that, the, reason, the reason. The reason. New York sports isn't... teams and defensive-minded coaches. This, uh, this is not. This is by in no means confirmed. But I think the reason Debo wants to leave is because a he is being used like a running back, and he thinks he's probably being taken advantage of. And 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 b I just think. He's done with Jimmy. He wants like an actual quarterback. So I don't see him being on board with going to play for a defensive coach with a guy like Zach. Well, I just, Zach I just don't see that a, happening. He's not a we can't get one day in the NFL without more drama. I mean, good lord, this offseason. Yeah. Tom Brady out. Just saying, that's beside the point. Sorry, Marin. I'm very sorry. <laughs> but here's a, here's a fun one. We're all Kenneth Walker fans. Yes. Where does yes. he go? Well, Mel Tucker was on the record on the Colin Coward podcast. It was a great interview. He basically said. He's the best. He's the best back in the country, and I think everyone. I don't think anyone necessarily disagrees with that. I think Kenneth Walker could go at the end of round one. I, I think re- so too. I think it could happen. It's on say. I don't think it'll happen, but it could. It could absolutely happen. I, I, I don't. Matt, you're shaking well, your head. Well, Mike Merrifield, friend of the program, has Shout said out. he thinks Walker could be a day three pick. He, th- well, he, the- he really thinks that he'll fall because. I think he'll be around two pick. He'll so, go early so day d- two. Do you think he's the first back to yeah, go? I he should be. Okay. I think depending on who takes a running back, might take Hall, which I think Brees Hall is going to be an amazing running back as well. Even though I really think that Kenneth Walker is going to be something. Like I just I think he could be a number one back for anybody in this league right now. But I just don't know who's going to take him because nobody really needs a running back. I Houston. I think ah, that's Arizona. where they, that's what so, so, I, and I would think Arizona would, at 23 could use one, yeah, you know, really, so pro, yeah. fo- pro football focus in their recent mock draft had Kenneth Walker, the third as the 37th overall pick, which so I could ra- see round two yeah, pick. Yeah. He's the first back taken to the Houston Texans, Houston yeah, Texans. Yeah, God, another team to watch just real quick. And I, I, just, Mills in. I just want to throw Davis this out Mills. there. The chiefs have back to back picks 29 and 30. Uh, I think they're not sold. They're not sold anymore on. Clyde Edwards Alaire. Well, they just he's just kind of hurt a lot too. Like I think the Chiefs are could actually absolutely use a guy like K K9. That's all I'm gonna say. I, I think a trade I out think, of that pick. I think he's going day two. 
I'm with you guys. I just think it's on the board needs to be at least entertained that he might go before that. I got two thoughts on Kenneth Walker the third. I think someone's trading up in the second round to get him. I, I think he's. I think he goes in the first ten picks in the second round. Okay. I think he is the first running back off the board. So he's a top forty pick. And I think Buffalo or Miami's going to spring up and trade for him. And I know that he Miami would look so went, good in Miami. I know. Uniform. I know that Miami went out and made splashy moves and 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 has depth at running back. But Mike McDaniel coming from San Francisco, you can never have enough running backs in their system. I think one of those two teams will spring for him and trade up, in my opinion. He's got value. And Marin is just shaking in her boots right now because she does not want to have to deal with K-9 for two games out of the year with her beloved New England Patriots. Disgusting. All right, (laughs) final one. Who gets picked first, Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett of the quarterbacks? This is so hard because I think the Panthers are going to pick. What do we think about that? I think the Panthers, the Panthers at six want a quarterback, they, and they want. I think they want pick it. So it's yeah. a matter of if so, if it's a matter of if the Lions or someone else maybe trades up to get their quarterback and picks Willis. I, I don't think, know. I think the Giants trade down at five, and and Willis goes there. I think we're going to see the exact same thing that happened in I believe 2016 when Wentz and Goff went after the Rams and Eagles both traded up and. And we were like, wow, you know, these aren't bona fide prospects at all. And they weren't. But court, and, and they still are not. But quarterbacks, the position is at such a premium premium in the NFL that you just need to take a swing on on somebody. Even if you like him a little, maybe you don't love him. I think Pickett's probably the play for the Panthers because they're, I mean, it could be Mayfield doesn't look like it's going to be. It could be Jimmy Jean. Looks like he might stay. I think they're going to say, screw it. I know they could pick a lineman there, but I think they'll go with Pickett. And I think Willis goes before to answer the question, but I think both those two guys are going in the top 10. And that, that might be okay. kind of a hot take for no, me. No, I don't think it is. But because... I think the story of the draft is going to be, damn, two quarterbacks who are like, yeah, holes in their game, inexperienced perhaps. Well, I think also, they're both going. I mean, look, I'm out on Howell, so I'm of the mindset that there's only two good quarterback prospects in this draft, and they, that, that's just how it goes. Like They, they are gonna, they're going to be in high demand. So I think I agree with you. I think they they're both gone by by uh, pick ten. Also, as an aside, I'm going to lose my mind if the Lions pick a quarterback anywhere in this draft. Really, lose my mind if they if they get Pickett or Howell Oof. or Ritter at 32. I'm going to lose my mind. I don't think it's going to be the play. Some people do. Mel, I'm seeing Piper. I'm seeing a lot of Desmond Ritter 32 to the Lions. I would hate like, that. I'm a lot of I it. would lose my mind. Yeah, you. In the NFL, you get a quarterback in one of two ways. You trade for him because he wants out, or you pick him in the top ten, top five borderline. You yeah. you need someone elite. Yeah, no, there's not there's not many examples in history of, of you know. Oh, my gosh, you can go in the third round and find Drew Brees or Tom Brady in the sixth. But, hey, Woo! why don't we do this? We, we've got uh, only a few minutes. I do want to say we should probably get to the gambling corner. So, one pride. Come on, make the right pick. Yes. Pick Thibodeau. I don't care. I want to see Sloan happy. Pick Thibodeau. I will be in Fort yes. Field. I will have live reactions for you people, and we will unpack it all next Sunday Big after show. the draft is over in full. All right, let's gamble. <laughs> let's gamble. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a problem. Welcome to the Gambling Corner, America's favorite segment. Matt Merrifield, the original uh, panelist for this segment. Panelist. Matt, we'll start with you, I guess. You have a first winner for I us. I do. I have three baseball picks for today. Oh. Starting off, let's go. Toronto is going to Are Houston. Are parlay these? Yeah, why not? Yes. I had my parlay hit yesterday. Um, but anyways, the Blue Jays will sweep Houston today. You say Kikuchi is on the mound. He will push, or he'll shove, sorry. He will shove. He will not push. He will shove. He will shove, and the Blue Jays will win. Big time pick. Big time. All right. Oh, I don't have any. I, I'm I'm generous today. I want to hear everyone else's. I did not prepare for this. Marin, do you have a pick? It looks like Marin's scrolling through. I'm scrolling 
through. I'm just looking at what we've got today. Um, you know, as much as I would love to see it, I would love to see the Sox have a good game. They won't. But I, no. I agree with you. <laughs> I, I hate going against them, but I do not see us beating the Rays today. I just, Ooh, I don't see Sox. And a lefty pitcher, too. Ooh. Yeah. Um, let's see. Looking through what's Jay, happening. you got any picks for us back there? I would love... I would hate to say it, but I'd love for the Guardians to beat the Yankees just because I never would like well, to. Well, everyone's going to. Minus 215. Yeah. Hammer it. Hammer it. That's my pick. Allie, Jim Jim the Yankees. I got I got one pick. Um, It's only one, though. I got the Warriors minus four and a half to sweep the Nuggets. I just think they've love that w- pick, way Jay. too dominant. Love but, that pick. Hey, I'll so. stay in the association, too. Yeah. My Utah Jazz plus two and a half, plus 125 are winning outright today. Taking a 3-2 lead against the Mavs. Trent's going to hate that, I know. No, I, that, that series is a good series. Very sneaky. It's kind of a sleepy series too, because I don't; those teams don't interest me very much. Hank, you got something? Draymond Green over seven and a half points. Yes, that what? <laughs> day what? day. Seven and a half. Seven and a half points. That wow. is a ridiculous line. Wow. I guess it's not considering <laughs> considering his averages and stuff, but that seems low. Cam, do you have any offerings? I mean, I said just hammer, just hammer the Yankees win over the Guardians today. It's like minus two fifteen. I can check specifically those odds right because now. It because is indeed, uh, yeah. I have minus 200. Over under six and a half, that could be a play too. I mean, oh there's there a, could be some run scoring in that there's game. There's a three-team mega parlay at plus 1,000 odds for the Red Sox to win the Trent, AL what's East. the number? Wrong. Yeah. Oh, 1-800-GAMBLER? Is that the number? Is that what yes, you're talking about? Okay, 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 okay. Yes, that's the number. There's some decent juice on the Padres. I'm on that. That's my next pick. Plus one and a half? No, I'm taking money line plus 125. I have plus 135 on the money line. Ooh, I, I, I take that I'm, I'm still. Take it's even Padres better. At plus 135 in the money. Manea's on the mound against Kershaw. Best game of the day. Padres will win. Cam's got one too. I have. I would hammer the over of Edmonton winning by minus one and a half. I would just. Yeah. No. They're they're beating the piss out of Columbus today. So <laughs> interesting. I'm sorry. Like over six. Like okay. I would hand, hammer hammer the under at six and a half. But Edmonton is winning by three goals. So we have Red Wings at Devils today. The over-under is six and a Get half. Get Blashill out. I think that the Devils, and this is no joke, because it'll be, I think, Grice today. I think the Devils will hit that over themselves. They'll score seven on us today. They're, they're terrible. Yesterday when we were down in Detroit, Ouch. I was chanting fire Blashill at numerous Red Wings fans. And let me say, not many of them agreed with me. And no, you know they, what? I, there's that still a horrible. lot of people that want him around. A couple old-timers agreed with you. You know what? Shout out the old timers. Did you say uh, Celtics plus one ten? No, no one has. That's... What? What is with all this Brooklyn Nets? I don't get it. What have the Brooklyn Nets shown any of you bookmakers? I, I, I. Oh my God! They were second title favorites coming into the play-in. The play-in. That means that they were just assuming they'd waltz through it, which they did to their credit. But hey, that's a good pick because I, I, I sweep. Get the brooms out. Whether Ben Simmons plays or not, I don't care. I've got one for you people. Chris Bryant. You people. Chris Bryant under a hit today. <laughs> oh, no. Plus 200, there's some juice. Tigers fans you were, are in Chris Bryant's head. You were, heck, you were in Chris Bryant's head. You were calling him Chris Jenner at the game <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> I was, I was, I was. Only because he spells it with a K. I didn't mean disrespect. It's just like he spells no, K. You're not, no, you're not. Know, there's like, no disrespect Chris, here, I, I, I forgot I was doing that. My third, <laughs> my third pick for the parlay, the Oakland A's have maybe 2,000 people at their games every day. Ooh. They play the Rangers today, and they'll win. They're getting plus 110 on the money line. Oakland A's will win. They'll beat the Rangers. suck. They walk. Or no, never mind. Joe Madden walked Corey Seager. Different thing. Anyways, go A's. 
Okay, so this might be kind of a go nuts. This Cody, might be go. kind of a hot take here. I'm going to go with the Raptors plus seven and a half against Philly, even though I'm going to take Philly to win. Plus seven and a half is plus two sixty. They're at home. They're, they'll show some pride and 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 win a close one. I think the, the, the Sixers. So I, I'm there's a lot of juice there. You got it. What the juice is worth the squeeze, right, Trent? Absolutely. Any Are other you, offerings? I, I have. One futures pick. I made this last week when I found out he was returning for his final season at Kentucky. The Wildcats will win the national championship next year. I'm taking the futures pick of plus 1,400. Kentucky's winning it all next year. Oscar Shibwe is going to shove all of 2022 and 2023. Is this the Philadelphia 76ers song? This is kind of our theme song for today, I guess. Wow. You know what? I'm, I'm starting to warm up to this song. You know, it is kind of groovy. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of thank yous to go around. Yet Cam is taking a listen to it right now. Oh, he loves it. It's a headbanger. We have a really big crowd here in the studio today. Myself, Trent Valley, Marin Klein, Allie Cohen, Jay DeCoster, Matt Merrifield, Cam McLaren, and of course, Henry Menegos, who found I love you, song. Hank. Shout out. Man, you know what? I, this song is warming up to me. Mm-hmm. I'm tapping my foot right now. You know, the vibes are really good. It's a beautiful day. Matt, Jay, and I are going to go play some basketball. It's, it's 1 o'clock here on the East Coast. Final show, Trent, next week. Oh, man. The dude. emotions are going to be flowing. Send it in, Jada Coster says. I will always take Jay's, devo- Jay's advice and trust him with my life. Hey, people, <laughs> go have a day. Spread positivity. Ready to roll one pride, baby. We're going to let this one play, but we'll see you next week for the last edition of the Green and White Report with Trent and I as hosts. Have a great Sunday and a great week, East Lansing. You have been listening to the Green and White Report on WDBM. For all your sports news and notes, go to impact89fm.org/sports.